Blog Talk Radio. Of 
the piccolo bitch and play that fucking poison Like oh how many put down his books and his toys But maybe like Pac when he had Jada making noises I told my girl I changed the world and she would be my fody Fody though pollution changer girl you made from heaven And I was made to learn from the devil and his lessons The for blessings since a nigga was an adolescent Pushing such brothers like playstations get to step it Like Martin niggas joke until they see the Smith & Wesson Call it Danny Glover got the throwback on the cover of my little weapon Ain't no flex, I watch a ton of this dope chronic Niggas vomit when they had too much of that gin and tonic Supersonic, Jesus stop it, I got two rings One from the SU and one from Little Creek I won't go peacefully, I never died in my sleep Just know I'll always be Malik if I die tonight If I die tonight, yeah. If I die tonight, yeah. If I die Where do we begin? Hmm. Well, first and foremost, I guess I should say hello. Uh, good evening to each and every single one of you who decided to call in this evening. Um, this is a special occasion. Uh, I wish it was for a better reason, but I want to thank each and every single one of you who decided to call in on an off night. This is WKPJB Radio. I'm going to be your host for the remainder of the evening. We're going to have a, a discussion panel, if you will, in hopes of actually generating something solid and feasible, a call to action, if you will, is the purpose of this forum. I don't want to just talk anymore. Uh, though I don't dismiss the validity of having a discussion and talking, I would like to see some action come of this. Um, it should come as no surprise to anyone, but just in case, for those of you who are just curious, misinformed, didn't know about it um, not too long ago, as in, was it July the 5th? Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday night, July the 5th, Mr. Alton Sterling was at a convenience store selling CDs, and he was approached by police officers, two police officers to be exact from what I understand. And these gentlemen approached him with the intent of asking him some questions regarding a n- anonymous 911 call. And that 911 call was in reference to someone brandishing a weapon. The police asked him at the start of the video that was posted asked him to get on the ground. Both of the officers had their hands on their weapons at the time. Um, I watched the video, but I'm basing this on. Uh, And 
I'm sorry, it's just kind of difficult to keep talking about this, especially with what just happened just now. Uh, they asked him to get on the ground. He did not comply. One of the gentlemen holstered his weapon. Uh, excuse me, he didn't holster his weapon. He had just had his hand on his weapon. He took his hand off of his weapon, tackled him across the front of what appeared to be a Toyota Camry. Because I know cars that well, I can tell what it was, and I pay very close attention to details. Threw him to the ground. The other officer then pinned him up underneath the bumper of the car. Um, the second officer who tackled him then starts to yell, he's got a gun, he's got a gun. The first, uh, there's a bit of a struggle. You suddenly hear what I heard was two shots, and then the people who were actually taping the whole thing with their cell phone at the time were such in shock that they dropped the camera and you don't see anymore. That's the video that I saw. I know that there are other clearer ones out there too, but I didn't see those. Uh, it's now being said that uh, they did find a weapon, but other people are saying there is a part of the video where you see that they reach into his pocket and pull out a gun. Um, so there's some questions there. Not long after hearing that story, and after doing a show last night with shouts out to our amazing feature last night, Mr. Langaranga out of Baltimore, um, and all the amazing people who called in last night, um, I appreciate how uh, wonderful he was in allowing us the 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 latitude to have that discussion. The original discussion was just going to be about July 4th and how black people felt about independence. And then, ironically enough, that situation occurred. After the show, it was roughly about, with the shows usually run about three hours, so it's about 11.30, 11.45. I believe I spoke to one other person. And then I got a phone call, awfully strange to me, from my son. Earlier that day, uh, before I even did the show, I had a brief conversation with my son uh, because, uh, to be honest, I was I was a little shaken up by what happened to Alton Sterling, and I um, I wanted to talk to him, and I wanted to talk to my daughter. But my daughter's not a big talker. That's no surprise. And, but my son uh, usually has a lot to say. And um, so when I saw he called back, I thought maybe he just wanted to talk some more. Maybe he had some thoughts on the situation, but my son... As soon as I heard his voice on the line, when I called him back, I said, hey, what's going on? Because I missed the call. I said, hey, what's going on? I said, Dad, it happened again. And everything just kind of stopped. I said, what do you mean? He said, they shot somebody else. I said, where'd you see this? He said, it's Facebook Live. I'm not, I'm still new to the Facebook Live thing. I haven't really messed with it much. I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. I posted it on my page. I said, yo, apparently somebody else got shot on Facebook Live. Anybody know about this? It happened in, uh, I think it's Fallon Heights. A black gentleman was sitting in his car with his girlfriend and her four-year-old daughter, and I believe, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, uh, their four-year-old daughter in the back seat of the vehicle. Um, it's based on the accounts that I'm being told the law-abiding citizen uh, magnet school graduate uh, gentleman uh, said to the officer, I have a weapon, but I have a license to carry it. I'm not reaching for it. I'm reaching for my license and registration. Now, I'm not quoting that directly, but that's the gist of what he said. As he went to reach for it, the officer opened fire four times, um, one of which severed the bone in his arm. I know this because immediately following the incident, uh, his girlfriend started to uh, live stream everything over Facebook Live. Um, 
you can hear the officer yelling like a scared child, in my personal opinion. Uh, I told him not to move, and she very calmly responded to him, no, you did not, sir. You asked him to reach for his ID. You asked him for his identification. Um, Shouts out to her. I, In the face of such adversity, I don't know how she stayed so calm, but I'm glad she did. I'm assuming she was in shock, which is reasonable. But I'm thankful that in the midst of her shock, she had the wherewithal to do what she did. And the reason I say that is because it could have very easily have been another incident that could have been swept under the rug. Now, I said all that to say this. And that, by the way, that gentleman uh, did die of his injuries um, by the time he got to the hospital. There have been other incidents of police killings, and the statistics have clearly shown that every 20, 28 hours, a black person is, is killed uh, by police action of some sort uh, in the United States. Now, I, I, I want to make this perfectly clear. I'm not on some kill all white cop shit tonight. I don't, I don't think that is a feasible reaction. I'm on some, there's a problem, we need to find out what it is shit tonight. The original intent of this show was to bring on a a good friend of mine, uh, Endless Will Davis. He and I had a brief discussion, and the plan was for us to have a call to action, for us to talk about what we can do to change this dynamic, to change this culture. I've got two beautiful children, um, and they have a stepbrother, and I, I... for a split second, I was frightened. And anybody that knows me knows I ain't scared of shit. Like, ever since I got out of high school and realized who I was and what I am, I'm afraid of nothing. But one thing I felt afraid of after Alton Sterling died, my son and daughter, and their stepbrother growing up without a father figure in their life. I'm afraid of no man. I don't care how big and strong you are. But I will tell you that a badge does make my heart palpitate a little bit because there ain't shit I can do about it. You want to roll up on me and my woman in the club or whatever, you want to break bad and act tough, that's cool. I got hands, son, trust me. I got feet, too. I'm not scared. I'm licensed to carry a weapon. I spent 10 years in the United States Navy. I got a family of of Bayesian women that have made me as hard as a coffin nail. Try me. But that, my child not having a, a father, to look up to, to reach out, pick up his cell phone and be like, Dad, yo, let me talk to you. My daughter not having a father to look to, their stepbrother not having somebody to, to reach out to and say, hey, need help. That bothered me. And that's real. That's, that's the truth. So that's what this discussion was supposed to be about. And then I heard about the second police action and it shook me up. The dynamic that I've been getting a lot of lately has been the typical. And it's almost as if it's been by a script. Oh, well, he had a police record. Oh, well, he was a criminal anyway. Not just by black people. Excuse me, not just by white people. Black people, too. He had a record. To all of you who want to start the narrative off with that, I have this response to you. We have a judicial system for a reason. I want to know, even if he had a gun on him, how they knew that he wasn't a license to carry 
owner. And then, almost as if orchestrated on purpose to show the validity of our fears as black people, yet another black man is shot even after explaining to the officer, I have a license to carry the weapon that is in this vehicle, but that is not what I'm reaching for. Open fired four times with a young child in the back seat. What if those bullets had went through him out of fear? If, in fact, any of these men who the first one, I guess, was supposed to be wrong because he was brandishing a weapon which they did not see on him when they got there, uh, couldn't have been for selling CDs because he had permission of the store owner. Mr. Alton Sterling was standing outside, and they asked him to get on the ground without even having a single question with him. And I get it. Um, in order for their own protection, they'd rather have him in handcuffs than in question him. I get that. But for those who want to start the narrative off with, oh, he's got a record, uh, stop right there. Where in our judicial system has it ever said that, that any of the things that he might have been wanted for warranted death? I respond to you with this. In Raleigh, not too long ago, I posted up an article that shows that a gentleman with a, a, a gentleman actually uh, fired upon the police, shot at them. He was taken in police custody. He shot at them. I just got finished telling you that Alton Sterling, they picked the gun off of his dead body. It would be one thing if I was making it up. But we have cell phone videos. We got video. We watched it happen repeatedly, picked it apart. And granted, you know what? We need to wait and get to all the information. We need to see it all. We need to see everything. Some of this evidence is damning, though. So here's my issue. And I, and I promise as soon as I get finished with my narrative here, I just want to make sure everybody's got his bulk, the bulk of the information that I have. I, I want to hear more from the police department. All of them are not our enemy. There are great cops on the force. Their, their intent is not only to enforce the laws, but to protect us. If somebody were to rob my house, the first people I'm supposed to call are the cops. If somebody's breaking in my home, the first people I'm supposed to call are the cops. But the culture we're developing right now is a culture of people that are afraid to call the people that they're supposed to be able to call when they're in danger. Somebody kidnaps my son or my daughter, I'm supposed to be able to call law enforcement. The same law enforcement that have members of the force that are willing to murder. Now, I'm not making any snap judgments, but we cannot sit here and pretend like it hasn't happened before. We've had shows about it. Freddie Gray, Baltimore, Ferguson, Trayvon Martin. We've had shows about this before. But this time I want us to have a call to action. What the hell are we doing? What what legal rights do you have as a citizen and what can you do about it? What what laws need to be changed right now in order to facilitate this culture from stopping its evolution into a continuously racist culture. There are great cops on the force. There are great white cops on the force. There are men and women on the police force right now that put their lives on the line for a chintzy paycheck. I've seen them standing in front of the Raleigh City Hall, and they've said time and again, yo, they're not getting paid enough. I can't even pay rent, but I'm coming out here risking my life for these people. There are great cops out there 
who deserve recognition, but they're being overshadowed by this shit. So for the next two and a half hours, I'd like to hear from you. Let's come up with some ideas. Let's write some shit down. Let's start putting together a plan of action for us to start reaching out to the communities. I would like to see something happen. I would like to find out where the NRA, the people who are licensed gun owners, should have the NRA screaming right now like, yo, you can't do that. He said he had a gun, and he said he was licensed. He was going to show it to you until you shot him because you were scared. Where's the NAACP? I need to see uh, where, where are all these superstars that jumped up and screamed and hollered and yelled, yo. Jesse, like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to make this clear. I'm hoping that you're preparing a statement, Jesse Williams, because you had all of our attention at the BET Awards, and then this happened. You know you can't be quiet because we know you were there speaking before, so I'm sure that you are warming up a serious bomb here coming up very soon. I'm positive of that. But I am going to say this. Justin Timberlake, bro, if you were looking for an opportunity to revise whatever activists you had in you when you were shouting, yeah, Jesse Williams, good job. Dude, this is it. I'm sorry. You wrote some great music, and I love it. And some people want to call you a culture vulture, but my attitude about it is if we don't all start stop uh, saying, oh, well, this belongs to me and that belongs to me, hey, that's fine. You will never be Michael Jackson. You will only be Justin Timberlake. You can be influenced by us all day long as long as you pay homage to those who got you there. That's cool. Your music, though, is dope. But if you were looking for a chance to stand up and say, yo, this shit is wrong, this is it, cuz. You looking for a shot? This is it right here. I don't know why some of these uh, superstars are playing silent. I don't know why everybody gives a shit where Kevin Durant is going to next. I, big sports fan, not really. If we talk about fights, I want to talk about it, MMA, all day long. But even that, you know, with UFC 200 coming up this Saturday, as much as I'm really anxious to see that, that's really not on the forefront of my mind when there's a potential that on the way to the, the Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever establishment I decide to go to to check it out, I might get pulled over by a cop and get shot. That's kind of a problem. So I want to have that narrative this evening. Please come with facts. I'm not, I'm not looking to have a shout match. I don't mind if you get animated, but please, come with some facts. I want to hear statistics. I had a friend of mine yesterday uh, hitting us up with uh, statistics. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, one of my, my constituents did say that Jesse Williams did make a statement. Um, please, yeah, if you find it, uh, post it up there for me. That's what I want to hear. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but... I'm looking for people to start standing up and say something and do something. Let's organize something. And I'm not looking for us to organize new shit. There are already established organizations and nonprofit systems that are in place that are supposed to be doing this. We need to go into their door and kick them open and say, yo, what are you doing? Because if you're just in here collecting a check and you're not doing anything, there's a problem. Lawyers, prosecutors, all these people that know this political jargon that, that are politicians. I'm not a politician. I'm a damn good spokesman. So let's get to work. Let's talk about it. That's what I want to do. Uh, for those of y'all who are listening to live streaming right now, we appreciate you for checking into the show. Uh, the number is 347-324-5487. If by any chance 
that you get to the 1030 hour and you wanted to say something, you still have to call into the show. Even though I appreciate you listening to us on live stream, that's dope. But at 1030, you're going to miss the rest of the show. We step into what we would normally call the champagne room. I'm going to call it the situation room tonight because we got a serious situation. we got a lot of work to do. Uh, we might take small breaks for me to play a couple of things, but predominantly I want to hear from you. So in order to hear from you, you need to call into the show. That number, once again, 347-324-5487. Now, once you call into that number, for those of you who have already called in, I applaud you. I thank you again for coming in on an off night. It's not normal for us to do this. Um, I want to hear from you. I would like to hear your outrage. I would like to hear your frustration. But at the end of the discussion, I would like to hear your solution. I want to hear everything from the stuff that's super crazy to the stuff that actually makes some fucking sense, the way problem solving kind of works. Sometimes you got to do something really weird. I've got a lot of weird thoughts and processes that we need to at least consider, and we need to do that. Because Philando Castillo could still be here. Alton Sterling could still be here. Freddie Gray, we could go through the whole list. And let me say something. These are just the ones we know about. What about the ones we don't? Let's talk about that. You get a chance, call in that number. For those of you who've already called in, press the number one on your keypad. I see you, 757. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, I'm about to pull you in here in just a second. I would love to hear what you got to say. But for all the rest of you who are joining us this evening, I really want to hear what you have to say. I'm looking for facts, not so much opinions, but I'm looking for serious, solid facts. Let's talk statistics. Let's talk about what can be done. If you if you are part of an organization, this is a perfect opportunity for you to tell us what, who you work with. I, I see you, 502. Thank you very much. Stay right there. I'm going to pull you in after my, my other caller. I'm going to answer these in the order that I get them. So as you, um, as you check it off, please go ahead and press the number one if you got something to say. Uh, so if, if you got, you know, an organization that you're with that can help out, that's great. I don't even care if you live in another state. Let's talk about it. Thank you for joining us. I see you over there. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, uh, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's discuss what can be done here. I, I really want to see uh, what position we're in, what what we need to do to get this moving in the right direction. That's that's what I really really want to see. So the only way to do that is to to talk to everybody and let's let's have a brief discussion here. But And I understand that there's, there's going to be some heated discussion. And I might have a couple calls on here, and you might disagree with somebody. But I want to make sure this is an educated discussion. I don't, I don't feel like that's having a discussion where we're flame spraying each other. That's not getting us anywhere. If that hasn't been made clear, it's not getting us anywhere. I don't want to have the narrative of, oh, well, the cops, these, you know, these fucking cops out here, all right, I get it, but I'm sorry, you're not going to wipe out the entire police force tomorrow. What you can do, however, a more reasonable thought process is to change legislation, right? That's what's going to get us moving in the right direction, okay? So that's what I want to do. Uh, it's coming up on the 9 o'clock hour. I appreciate every single one of y'all coming in here. Uh, this is WKPJV Radio. For those of y'all just uh, joining us, this is our discussion forum. Um, I walked in today uh, pretty militant at my job. I really appreciate them, uh, you know, uh, allowing me my, my freedom of speech, so to speak. I came in with my clap black to this shirt. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, I also posted up a link where you can get yours, too. Uh, it's worth it if you want to if you want to be a silent activist, so to speak. But if you want to, uh, or, you know, if you want to make a statement, kind of made it known. I know what happened, and you aren't fooling me. I'll talk about his police record. Because there's nothing on his police record that warranted him dying. The media needs to be held to, to charge our judicial system that is more monetized than ever before needs to be held to charge. This prison system needs to be held to charge. 
some of these crooked cops who are making these great cops fear for their lives need to be held to charge. We got work to do, man. So who's doing it? Who's doing it? Who's going to join in with us? Hey, if anybody's got the link for that Jesse Williams uh, speech that he made on Twitter, please send it to me. Or go ahead and post it in the um, in the, the uh, book event page that I got up. Uh, I appreciate y'all who jumped in again. So if you got that link, please post it up. Don't be afraid to post up anything. I made it public just for that reason um, so that people can jump in there and say a little something, something. So once again, thanks for joining us. I'm going to point it out first caller. Again, if you got something you want to say, go ahead and press the number one on your keypad. Let me know you got something to say. I'm going to answer these in the, way, in the order in which I received them, so I appreciate you being patient. Please stick around. If you've already pressed one once, don't press it again because it will take you back off. All right? I got four or five people up here right now, so let's not waste any time. 757-275, who do I have on the line? Nikia, what's going on, Seven? Yo, what's good? How you doing? Tired. I know it, right? Tired. It feels, it's, Nikia, it feels like just yesterday we had this conversation, though. Yep. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I, I haven't had any sleep. Pretty much so spent most of the evening talking about, uh, you know, out, in, out at Sterling. And I literally just gotten off of the phone with a friend of mine where I told her, I said, you know, I'm at the point now where I really want to go to a surplus store and get a Kevlar vest. And we were, we were, you know, my husband, of course, has one because, you know, because he's military, but I'm like, I want to buy one for me, you know, because nobody's safe. And hey, don't don't forget to get one for your kids because they might be in the back seat. So exactly. And it was just like, you know, you got it's like you almost have to wear, you know, in order for you to go out, you have to wear Kevlar in order to make sure that you're safe, you know, because some rogue cop is going to pop six in your chest. I, I just, I, I can't. Yeah. And as soon as I got off of the phone with her is when the Facebook Live video broke with Philando Castillo, and I haven't been asleep since. I literally sat up all night staring at my children, staring at my children, and uh, I, I just, I, 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 I just, you know that there's not too many things that make me lose words. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, for those of y'all who don't know, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know, um, this young lady and I have been close friends for so many years, Jesus. Um, she's one of the first people that ever saw me step on a stage when I was just a, but an, a wee infant in spoken word, and she's always been a, a bright light of encouragement. But let me tell you something. Uh, she's a no-bullshit ahead of quitter when it comes to words, so um, to hear her like this is, is, is stirring to me. Nikia, let me tell you something real quick. Um, yesterday, when I saw the Alton Sterling situation, uh, and I haven't, I haven't made it very quiet, uh, my ex-wife and I sometimes come to, to, to words when it comes to my kids and seeing them on occasion. But this was one time I was like, you know, fuck the fighting. I text her and I say, yo, where are the kids at? I need to talk to them. I'm scared. That was the text message I sent my ex yesterday. And she said, wow. what's wrong? And I said, I'm I'm legit scared. Like, I, like a routine day going home could mean I don't make it. And then I was talking to another young lady, and she was like, you know, I'm afraid for you black men. And I said, no, nah, 
Don't just be afraid for us. Y'all dying too. We just don't hear about it. I just, um, it's it's nuts because I was, you know, my, Richard left, you know, before, you know, when he left, you know, I really wasn't paying attention. You know, I heard, you know, I was just in another place. And when, you know, he called me later, you know, earlier this afternoon and you know, he's like, I, I've never hurt you like this. And I was like, I'm scared. I'm scared. You know, and I don't, I just don't, I don't know how to respond to this. I, I just, I watched the first video with Alton Sterling. Then I watched the second video with Alton Sterling. And I sat through all 12 minutes of the, you know, the Philando Castile shooting. I sat and watched this 15-year-old boy break down, and all I could do was just look at my kids. And there's, there's, a, there's an element to this that we're not talking about that has kind of struck really close to home. And, you know, with... Alton Sterling, you know, of course you've got these people that are like, well, he shouldn't have resisted. Bullshit. Shut the fuck up. And they came right. into a situation, you know, there's there's three things that I just don't understand about the Alton Sterling situation. The first one is what after you pay the man why are you going to tackle him? The second right. one, why was he face up? If you were trying to arrest him, why was he face up? Mm-hmm. Then the third Another one is the, is the pause. You let off three shots, and then there's a pause, and then you let off three more. What was the pause? What was your intent? Yeah. You shot him point blank in the chest. He wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't no. going anywhere. You shot him point blank in the chest. And, you know, the first video, you know, that that portion of it got dropped out. But with the second video, that shit was clear as day. They showed the last bit of life leaving that man's body. As in, you can see the life, you can see him shaking and the life leaving his body. And I just don't understand. I don't, I don't understand how any reasonable person could see that as them attempting to detain him. One officer had a knee on his neck and the other one was sitting on his chest. And he was face up. Right. How in any how in how in the entire hell were you trying to put full handcuffs on him when he's face up? Right. I because you never I, put handcuffs on face up. Like if you if you were trying to do anything, you would get him to roll over, and it didn't look exactly. like they had any intentions of rolling it over. They kept telling him not to resist, but 
in, in my personal opinion, I'm sorry. Up. If 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 you if you have a knee on my neck and you you know you're putting that much pressure on me, I'm gonna react. Like especially if I didn't do anything. Like I'm gonna. And if you're trying to breathe. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, I, you know, black people aren't meant to breathe either. Apparently, exactly. They said that Eric Garner. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, there's the dynamic that just keeps running through my brain. If we keep looking at my daughter, my ten-year-old is autistic, yeah. and she's you know she's high-functioning, so you know her issue is social cues and yeah. being able to communicate. You know, she, she has no social social tact cues, nothing. She has no concept of social function. And right. what a police officer may per, per, perceive as her resisting is part of her illness. Right. Right. What right. you know, we have a large population of people in the African American community that are autistic. And some of them diagnose, some of them not. And you know, this is and this was my call to action with that situation and I'll post the link on um I'll post the link yeah, on um on the event page. But what I did is I made a business card that is for parents of autistic children or for adults who are autistic oh, nice. to where they can go ahead, you know, I'll send out 20 cards for $5. That's cost. That's the cost for me to print them and for me to ship them to you. Or I'll send you the template for free yeah. so that you can print these, you know, you can have this card, and on the card, I am autistic. I sometimes have a difficulty communicating effectively. Please contact, and then it has spaces to assist you in keeping me safe. Right, right. And right. that is that, smart. I like it. See, that, that's the kind of solution that I look for. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of solutions I'm looking for, yes. That's brilliant, and I'm glad you said that. That also brings me to a point um, if you don't mind, I'm going to interject real quickly here. There was a recent incident where the TSA had kind of just went ballistic on this little girl who yeah, had suffered from a few things. Yeah, and she was on her way to get her last treatment, and apparently she's uh, partially blind in one eye and partially deaf in one ear, and, and I think she, was, she had a, a few disabilities that she was dealing with at the same time. And, like, she, when the machine went off, she freaked out, and, you know, she her mother tried to explain that to them, and they just attacked her because everybody's, like, yep. gung-ho looking for something to do, I guess. Um, but, uh, and, and, and she, she was white. white. So I, that's why I'm leaning more towards the narrative of there's an abuse of power that we need to address. It's just an all-around abuse of power among a lot of areas where people are feeling like, oh, you know, I got to do this. Like we need to discuss the proper ways of handling things and this is not it. And the other, the other thing that I'm concerned about is the, the mental state of the people that they hire, not only just police officers, but as well as TSA agents and people in high authorities that carry, I don't yep. know, guns and weapons and bombs and shit like that. I'm sorry, but as a military service member, just the same thing for your husband, you have to go through a psychological profile. And I'm kind of curious, the sure psychological do. profile that we went through is 
as stringent as theirs because, you know, I, I need to know that you carrying around that 9 millimeter on your hip, uh, that you capable of doing that. You out here talking about we're crazy. Uh, y'all might be crazy too. So uh, well, what kind of therapy do they go through? Do they have a rotation schedule? That kind of questions that, that things I'd like to ask. I mean, it. there was a case here not too long ago, like maybe, maybe two years ago, um, with mm-hmm. this gentleman, and he was going through a psychotic break. He was cold. He was, yeah. you know, he was clinically disabled. He had severe, right. you know, he had severe psychological issues. And he was in an intensive treatment program. And they were attempting to get they were attempting to get him hospitalized. But the police they weren't doing what they were supposed to do in order to get him hospitalized and he got a hold of a knife. Now the the thing is is that he was not aiming the knife at anyone. There was not anyone in his immediate area, nobody was in immediate danger. He just had a knife in his hand. Right. And one police officer came into the home, and he was talking this man down. He was at the point where he was getting responses from him, and they were they were moving towards a mental health warrant to get him hospitalized and to get him stable. Another police officer came into the situation with no mental health training. And this man ended up dead. Right. Right. He talks, they he just talks, automatically he assume that they're being that they're being non compliant as opposed to thinking to themselves, this man legitimately might not or this woman might not understand what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean it's And it ends up becoming just, dangerous. It's just it's you have to think, you know, it really just bothers me how we're you know we do all these things to turn people off from law enforcement, for one thing. Because in some instances, I do think that, you know, there are some situations that are pretty overly critical. But mm-hmm. right, we're so right. desperate for police officers that now we're hiring anybody. It's no different than, you know, the city of Miami during the cocaine wars, you know, where they right. were at such a, a disadvantage for having, you know, for not having police officers, that they were hiring people that were engaged in corruption. Right. You know. Right. It's it's you know, regardless of whether there there may be a desperate need for people, police police work is a calling, just like teaching is a calling. It's not. Right. You know, it's not one of those things that anybody can do because anybody just doesn't have the temper the temperament. Or I would never do it. Because I know right, for a fact right. I'm not built for it. I'm not built for it. And, right. you know, it's just, you know, because of the fact that we've gotten so desperate, you know, now we're see, we're reaping the, the consequences of being desperate. And, you know, I just, I think about kids like my daughter. And, right. you know, that's what made me go ahead and create the cards, you know, because I don't want to see anybody else get shot. And right. if I this card that says, look, I don't communicate the same way that you do, please 
call somebody that can help not shoot me. Right. There's a difference right. between life and death for somebody, then right. it's worth it. Exactly. It's exactly. worth it. And, you know, worth it. I'm already, you know, I'm already pretty politically active, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's now it's not about what I do. It's about being a positive influence on others to get them yes, motivated to go to the polls and to exercise their rights and vote because, you know, we right. bitch about all the stuff that's happening in government, but then, we, you know, instead of doing something about it, we just continuously sit there and bitch. And the, the politicians do the exact, you know, they don't want to engage in dialogue with their constituents. They want to get on pedestals and on podiums and they want to talk all this bullshit and they don't want to hear anything from their constituents. And that is the one thing that I hope God doesn't happen with this situation like it did with Mike Brown because that pisses me off that people want to sit there and grandstand instead of talking about real solutions. And exactly. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear it anymore. I want to talk. I want to be part of the process. And, you know, right. it's going to take everybody being engaged. It's going to take people demanding action in order for this shit to change. And, I mean, I'm just, I'm just blown. I'm blown. I'm blown. Right. I look at, it's just know, painful. I had, I had a, you know, with my daughters, it was one thing. But with my son, yeah. I just, it's a whole different thing. You know, my son is nine months old. Yeah. He's nine months old. Right, right, right. And I've been I I scared for him. He's just nine months old. Right. And they, and they don't give a shit you. about shooting somebody in front of a four-year-old. What if they care yeah, exactly. about my children? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I, but I, I think can't. I think that the small things that you're doing are are brilliant in the sense that it puts us in a better position. I'm super glad that you have taken the time to say, you know. Yeah, I've got a solution, and I and I applaud you for that. It, it, anybody who wants to get a hold of you, is there some is there some way they can get a hold of you? I am actually I'm in front of my computer right now, and I am about to post the link to there you go. my business page to the card, and um, yeah, that way if you if you're interested in in getting the cards and. You know, you can like my business page, and there's a post on the business page that um, Damn right. directs you on how to contact me. I just posted it. Hell yeah. See, and, that, and you know what, ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly what I'm talking about when I say I wanted this show to be about uh, solutions. There's a fucking solution. Pay attention. That's what I'm talking about. And, Nikki, you came in perfect time, and you did exactly what I'm looking for and set the, the, the pace for what we're trying to do. We're not talking about it. We're being about it. Now, granted, it's not with specific to this situation, but let's not cookie-cut everything. Um, she, is, she is the mother of an autistic child. She doesn't want any harm to come to him. No one of you want any harm to come to somebody. She came up with a brilliant idea and said, hey, look, 
Here's my business card. This is what I can do for you. Reach out to me. There are probably parents right now on the call who have autistic children, and if they're willing to shoot somebody who is coherent and able to talk, what's the possibility of possibly shooting your child? So, And that's not to, to discredit the intelligence of all police officers, but just a few that might be doing some stupid shit. So please yeah. go to the event page, check it out. Um, Nikia, thank you so much for calling in and setting the pace. This is what I wanted. I wanted to set the pace for us finding solutions, not just talking about it, but doing it. And I appreciate that sincerely. I really do. No problem. I really, really no appreciate problem. it. Thank you so much. We to pray for each um, other. That's right. That's right. I appreciate you. So, um, Nikia, I want you to stay on, stick around. I, I've got a lot of great speakers that are coming through. Uh, so stick around for me and uh, let's, uh, let's have more conversation, yeah? Sounds good. Thank you, darling. Stay right there. All right, that was Nakia, a good friend of mine from uh, poetry way back in the day. Um, still a great friend of mine. And I, I, and I tell you what, that was perfect. And that's the kind of solutions I'm looking for. So, um, again, for those of y'all who are just joining us, um, my, I see my guest speaker is in the building. I'm going to take one more call, and I'm going to bring him in so we can jump right on to this. Um, once again, if you're, if you're listening to us live streaming, I appreciate you. Um, uh, the phone number to call in, though, make sure you call in before the 1030 mark. You've got about an hour and some change right now. But make sure you call in before that because I don't want you to miss it at 1030. You're going to miss out on all the fun and glorious things that we're going to discuss here. Uh, the number is 347-324-5487. Press the number one on your keypad if you have anything that you'd like to share with us. I'd really appreciate it if you did. I have a lot of interesting and great things that I want to share, so make sure you stick around. All right, so uh, next up I want to bring in my next caller here, 502-287. Who do I have on the line? Hi, this is Miss T. It's Queen. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How you been? I am all right, maintaining, um, despite all the senseless killings that's going on. I want to say thank you for inviting me, that this forum is very much needed. Um, Absolutely. I have a 15-year-old Oh, and, and first son. and foremost, I, wanna, I also want to say thank you, too, for sending those articles. You did a tremendous job. I really appreciate you for that. Um, a lot of this research is sometimes difficult for me to go uh, hunting and pecking for a lot of it, so I, I sincerely thank you for sending that stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're checking in on our page, a lot of those articles and things and videos that I posted uh, came from this young lady because she took the time to do so. She's uh, one of my new Facebook friends, and I really sincerely appreciate you joining us to, to contribute this evening. Thank you. No problem at all. Um, yes, I, have, I've, I network very well, and, uh, you know, with with – Facebook Live might be taken away from us at any day now because it's catching too much stuff that's going on for me to see that video and then it be removed within the hour from, like, dozens of places it was shared lets me know that, you know, who is really behind Facebook. And so we can use this right. networking system against them and actually get the word out there when things like this happen. You know, right. it's, this is perfect outlet. And um, exactly. I'm going to read this uh, poem piece that I wrote called Torn, and then I'll go into some solutions that I came up with, uh, that I'm, and then I'll look forward to hearing from everyone else. Absolutely. Thank you. Go ahead. All right, and this is off my Miss T is Queen Poetess page. I have all my free um, writing there. And I'm also on YouTube and SoundCloud at Sweet Tea is Queen. 
This is called I'm Torn. I'm torn. Torn after being reborn. It won't be wrong when it all goes down. The thoughts in my head are fed up. I can't pretend not to see the police brutality. Every day a brother or sister life is taken away so tragically. Probably for organ parts to be ripped out. Thousands of hidden and exposed clout. Poisoned water, now we buying free products. Chemtrails, military details, rigged election intel. So I'm just talking about and spreading their mouth, lips, and that DNA. Guess you'll slow down when your disease infested at last. We talking about accurate recorded history that's failed. Education is better through home mail. Immunizations making your bones frail. Torn from trying to find light through dark days. Why do I have to look? It's a matrix cage. This is a zoo. Who's running the show? This man, body, and soul is ready, so let me go. I have held on to the rope. I have kept the toe hope, but I'm still torn. Going around them all up. Nobody else has a will. My peace will make them come to a standstill. That drenched stench makes my fist clench. God told Nat Turner to fight back, he said. Watch me get the okay, then read me when I'm dead. My eyes lift from books, and the world is straight madness. Torn between wanting vigilante justice, I know what would cause mine and their family sadness. Torn. Here and there, then and now, reminding myself that it would get worse before better. Chill out and sit down. Maybe for now, no more talking once I get to walking. Forget about them. Just worry about us, they say. Every day won't be so tough. Finding joys I do through the rough, torn, yet and still because I've had enough, or maybe not even. Relationships weren't that bad, so that won't be the reason. Communication was never in their high season. Let it be told, and I'm just tripping, yet and still, this still dripping from hot to warm are now my feelings. That was close. Torn, and that rationalizes the worst. <sighs> I exhale just now. You devils can let go of your throats. You won't see this one coming. Silence her own so there won't be no exploded humming, allegedly. Time to be quiet. Lastly, I will reread my poem called The Way I See It so this warrior can be enlightened, torn, but never defeated. One piece. Thank you very much. Appreciate you writing that. Now, um, can you give us just a little background um, about that piece? Is, uh, is there a, a source for that piece, or is that just based on everything that's been going on? Um, where does that piece come from for you? I actually wrote that last night. I freestyle all my all my writings. I've been a spoken word artist and poetess um, for about 10 years now and sharing it for the past two years online. After I saw the first, uh, you know, it's so many victim names. I'll be here all night because there's so many situations 
and they keep repeating themselves again and again. And ever since the Trayvon Martin case came to light, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so just knowing everything that I know and after seeing live video, then that's what came out of it. And that's actually traumatic and traumatizing. Not only if it's hurting us like this, it's hurting our children as well. I have a 15-year-old son, and I talk to him all the time. We, we, uh, Me and my ex-husband have do co-parenting with joint custody. So when he's there, I make sure I got a whole album dedicated to black awareness that he can look in every day. He know to look on my page. I'm sending him stuff through the phone and through the inbox and all kind of communication ways to let him know what's going on and everything because it's something that can't be hidden anymore. That's right. Now, um, as a social worker and nursing in healthcare for 10 years, I'm also support and advocating on belief of, on behalf of youth, students, the incarcerated, veterans, senior citizens, men and women abroad, in association with the Universal School of Thought, which is where my Kings and Queens United Radio Show is broadcasted through. And they give right. um, classes, live lectures, radio and magazine and TV for self-improvement, Improvement, Black Awareness, uh, businesses, and things like that. That website, for all who's listening, is www.blogtalkradio.com slash USOT. And my Gmail is projectusot at gmail.com if you want any information on the last free classes and lectures that's given very good information. I applaud them kings over there for doing their thing. And I'm happy to bring my mic and crowd together with yours for this collective thought process because it needs to be done. You know, speaking today, I spoke with uh, prominent, well-established organizations for black people, such as the Black Panther Party, the Nation of Islam, Mm. the Red, Black, and Green Movement, and their representatives having touch base with NAACP. But I've come to these conclusions. This is seven things that we can do, and this is a collective opinion. Number one, we can't be silent or ignore, nor neglect to tell and teach our children about how America was funded, stolen, and all the injustice within the government limits that have went on. We have to educate ourselves and have a real talk reenactment so that they know what or what not to do because as we see, they don't even need a reason. These boys out here don't play fair. I got pulled over in December for a traffic ticket while I was on probation from an old case and was sentenced to a year in prison. I got out last month. I did six months. And my only offense in Commonwealth, Kentucky, was the same thing, a traffic ticket. That officer shot in there in that car with the baby in the back seat. I mean, they have no regard for life whatsoever. And the law is already unjust. They're looking for any reason to, if not kill you, keep you behind bars, enslaved, you know. The second thing we can do, I know, I've been through, this has been a very hard year for me, and the same stuff was going on before I got locked up and I was having a voice and, going on my radio show, speaking on it and having prominent people on. That's when Sandra, that happened to Sandra Bland. 
And I'm like, it's still happening? My parents, but our grandparents was talking about the same shit, marching about the same things. So now, like you said, it's time to take action. The second thing um, um, suggestion I have is each state, if one person in each city or state reach out to one in another state, then eventually to all 50 states, it will be in union center on some kind of a level. And we can fund our own defense units in situations where need be. Citizens in each city should be bombarding the city halls and government mansions at all costs. Number mm-hmm. three, the division among citizens, um, especially blacks, because I'm in, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, but I have, I don't care what you believe or what you call your guy. I'm, I'm on another level. And this is why the division, whether it's racial, political, financial, religious, gang-related, if you're in the music music industry, it needs to cease immediately. You're either on the team of self-awareness and betterment for yourself and your society that we're living in, or you're not. All that other crap, lay that aside. Like they say, all bullshit aside. It don't matter... Your religion don't have nothing to do with the conscious movement of yourself, your family, and the people that you're surrounded by. It, ha- it shouldn't have nothing right. to do with that at all. I sit here right. and look and and have left groups with thousands of people, and I'm not going to even call them all out because they all different, have different faiths or no faiths at all. Y'all could spend that time doing something instead of arguing and having debates back and forth all day, every day. You're not going to agree in the end. So what can you agree on? That should be the motivation right there. Right. So, you know, if if you're blessed to be provided with a mic, use it to make a difference just sometime. So I ask that we do that. Um. Number four, after being uh, after being dropping your division, uh, networking with someone state to state, letting your children know what's going on, we have to stop blaming each other. People are going to express themselves. They're going to sing, rap, march. That's some show of unity, which is better than none, no matter how much you think it may or may not help. If you're not doing nothing, then like Jesse Williams' words, have a seat. Because I used to be out there marching too, and you—that's—that's that's, you putting yourself on Front Street first of all, but you also doing it to show a face in unison that this is not okay. So no matter right. what, if it helps or not, it's better than nobody speaking up on it at all. Number I've seen the D.L. Hughley speak on it, on the injustice in America. Chris Brown, uh, Lil Boosie, uh, Nakia Jones, the active police officer. It's a sister queen who only, her duty is to raise money for families of injustice. Now, their voices and concerns, that's great. We're worrying about why Oprah and Jordan and the NFL and the NBA not doing this. We have to accept that they simply don't want to, or they would have. 
Our very own mm. president swept more the moral code under the rug. You can't talk to the influenced by the, who's influenced by the beast about morals, ethics, and oath when they lie about upholding it under oath every day. Number six. All right. We got to support blackouts and black businesses and control our money. It does make a difference. I was just invited and made aware of through my friend Reggie Bush about a black, uh, a day of absence part one, which just starts Sunday, July 10th through Saturday, July 16th. And um, it's, we're going to spend our money with ourselves. That is the first blackout that's already in effect. They have shared, and you can look on the page at support, uh, a day of absence, part one. You'll see everything. I've shared things on my wall at Miss T's Queen about uh, black businesses in Atlanta, D.C., New York, North Carolina, Brooklyn, you know, about uh, SBO, supporting black uh, organizations. You can look that up online. But it does make right. a difference. We need to learn how to hunt and fish and collect filtered water, build bunkers on land lots, and just be ahead of the game because it only gets worse. It's already been written. And, it's you know, we can do only so much because it really is facing a spiritual war too, a spiritual battle that's already in effect and guns and and crying about it is not going to help. We just got to be prepared. Okay, so lastly, lastly, I want to say what I mentioned earlier, use Facebook against itself. It's a great networking tool and for them to take down videos and pages that have evidence and letting us know what's going on and it's been going on, but now that we have the chance to see it with technology, you know, you're not, but you're not taking down porn that that's popping up all over the place. That just shows that it's a muzzling act. We need to get numbers of our friends and associates. What happens if they shut down Facebook tomorrow? If they if they snatching down videos and I they took down two of my pages because I was spreading too much conscious information. It wasn't nothing mm. inappropriate, and it's been it's been at least several other uh, brothers and sisters who have had their pages just shut down. That means every all the collection of information you came up with, and like the videos I sent you. If they, you know, I network with a lot of people, thousands, and if it gets sent to me, then we can distribute it to at least 3,000 in a matter of 10 minutes, just putting it in one group or something like that. And they don't be public because it's not for everybody. Uh, But uh, get numbers. Uh, Give Facebook a break sometime, watching and reading all this negativity. We know Once you know it's there, like me, I've been conscious for a few years now. And it's a blessing and a curse because, after watching and reading it all, it, it, it will pollute your mind. You have to take a break for a minute, step back, because it's still going to be there when you get back. And surround yourself with love and support when you're feeling down. You know, this Armageddon is already in process as we speak. And uh, we can just, like I said, come up with solutions and uh, network 
keep our children informed, keep our minds right, uh, stay vigilant and sober and focused like I post today, and and try to make the best and get out of this place alive. That's very true. Wow. Thank you very much. That was very poignant and straightforward. Again, another individual coming in, doing exactly what I wanted to do. Let's let's talk about solutions. And there you have a list of solutions. People are looking for answers, and I think somebody made it very clear earlier. They posted something just a moment ago. One of our long-time listeners posted and said, stop looking for a singular answer and know that there are multiple answers. And I love a lot of the answers that you gave, you know. Uh, whether you embrace all of them, ladies and gentlemen, or whether you embrace some of them, embrace them in one way, shape, form, or fashion. Just don't do nothing is what we're saying. And I appreciate you coming on and saying that. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ms. T. Um, Stick around for us. I got uh, more I want you to listen to. A lot of great speakers here coming up very soon. Uh, So stick around with us. If you can do me a huge favor, though, you, you mentioned uh, you have a YouTube page, you got SoundCloud and so on. Please feel free. Go ahead and post those links in the in the, the event page because I want people to get access to that. Those in my event page so everybody can see it, and I want to make sure we pass that on because I want people to get a hold of your material and a way to get a hold of you if they need you for um, speaking engagements and so on. you do that for me? Yes, I will. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, stay with us. Uh, Again, this is WKPJB Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming on uh, and listening to us. I'm your host for the remainder of the evening. This is Chamber 7. If you're just now joining us, we're just having a very uh, real heart-to-heart discussion forum. Uh, Where do we go from here? Uh, We've heard about the numerous uh, killings of of black men of various ages. Uh, We're trying to determine what happened, what went wrong. Could these situations could have been de-escalated? I'm not willing to cast blame on the officers completely because I want to know if there was something else that was going on. I'd like to see all the evidence. Yes, I understand that we see the video and so on and so forth, but I, I want to give everybody the fair shot that they deserve as much as I want my own fair shot. Uh, but if it comes out that they are wholly incorrect, then, hey, you know me, let the punishment fit the crime as far as I'm concerned. All right, so I see I got the... Uh, this other caller here, hold in. Please hold on a little bit longer for me because I want to bring in my feature speaker just now. Uh, you stick around for me. Uh, brother, you in the building? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you um, powerful speaker, the one and only uh, Mr. Endless Will Davis uh, in the building. I want to give a shout out to him. He is also the poet laureate of Hillsborough County in Hillsborough, North Carolina. Uh, so uh, we, we appreciate you and thank you for coming on. Um, Tell us how you're feeling, man, and, and what, what this whole thing is about. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you for opening up this discussion. Um, it's extremely hurtful, um, and just everybody's in an outrage with that, like, shocked look, um, considering that we continue to see this uh, handful of names that we can mention from this year, over 100 casualties this year by the police, and um, a numerous amounts last year, so... I think at this point, everybody just has that um, shocked face. We're beyond tears. We're beyond angry. Um, Now it's times like this where we figure out ways to de-escalate these situations. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier, and as bad as it may sound, it's, it's almost like give me as a black man another set of rules on how I need to approach you, police officer, um, as as I, I know that that is um, 
uplifting racism. But my normal approach that I see uh, and that I think I'm supposed to do ends up getting me shot. And I know that a black person doesn't die by the hand of the police every day, but it's happening too often. Um, So, again, it's like um, I've been talking about this last year uh, and the year before that is where is the answer? You have I went to the Million Man March last year and they were speaking on this. And again, um, with mass um, hundreds and thousands of people in one area and you have somebody like Farrakhan talking about the same thing that we're talking about now, but yet people are still dying this week. Again, like where, where is the answer? Because there are people talking in other states about this exact same thing, and they talked about it when Trayvon Martin died, and they talked about it when Sandra Bland died. We continue to talk about it, but um, I think as a holistic group, um, not black, not white, not Hispanic, but as humanity, as people who want to come together for a better cause, um, what what is the answer? Bro, I have a very disturbing text message that just came through to me just now. And I'd like to share it very briefly. Because it goes right to the, the heart of what you were just saying. A friend of mine knows that I'm having this show right now. And they sent me a text to let me know that a mutual friend of ours, a brother that I've I've known for a while, was just stopped by the police because he didn't signal. Somebody here in the Durham Raleigh area? No, no, no. This is actually out of state. And they were pulled over. And that's, that's not the downside to it. The downside to it wasn't that he was pulled over or that he wasn't signaling. He doesn't have a record. But he has a concealed carry license. He just didn't have his gun on him, and he was still scared. It's a grown man, scared of being pulled over by the police. I mean, people. I think people think that we're joking when we say that these grown men are frightened. That it's not that we're not afraid to take the fight to them, but what recourse do I have? Okay, yeah, uh, I'm gonna get out all big and bad and do what? You know, it, it, it's funny right, you right. say this. I was riding in the car with our, our mutual friend Ladarius probably about a week ago, and I'm have my registration. You know, what I'm saying I'm I'm, have, I'm a legal driver, and the police got behind me as he and I were just laughing and joking, having a good time, and driving. And they got behind me, and I put into the food line, and I pulled back out. And he was like, "What you do that for?" I said, "Cause I'm trying to avoid them, and all." Um, and all incidents. And he was like, man, you legal, right? I said, yeah, I'm legal. But that doesn't mean that they go not going to stop me and just ask me a thousand bazillion questions and come and check my car and do this, all these unnecessary things. So it's like you said, I- I'm scared. I-, I'm, I can't wait to recite my poem, by the way, because it hits on that issue. Uh, but again, like, we are scared. Uh, I-, I feel like, um, and I want all of the listeners to hear me now and give me a rebuttal um, and-, and give me your thoughts on what I'm about to say. I feel like, let's say that um, this year, January 1st, 2016, let's say that nobody got any speeding tickets, nobody got any click-hitted tickets, indecent exposures, intoxication in public, none of those little bitty tickets that we 
may put ourselves in those situations. I know for a fact that as a black man, I'm going to get put over and I may get a ticket for not doing something. But when I am doing something, let's say that that didn't happen all 2016. So that means that that money that was projected to get put into the state from the um, statistics from last year's um, ticket ratio, let's say it was 100,000 tickets was paid, $100,000 was paid into the city of Durham, North Carolina. Let's say in 2016 that we're like, we're not going to get any tickets. Nobody's getting any of those petty tickets. So it goes from 100,000 to maybe 20,000. I personally believe that in 2017 that there will be a layoff of police officers because we are the ones paying these bills, paying these uh, officers' salaries, considering that we have these court costs, these fines, these tickets that we continue to pay that goes into the state. So I may be wrong. I don't think that I am. If nobody bought McDonald's burgers, McDonald's will close down. So if we're not buying these um, tickets, I really wholeheartedly believe that, it, that it, like you said, there are multiple things that, need, that we need to do to stop this situation. But, I, again, I feel like the minute things of us not getting in trouble. If you go sell drugs, do it in a uh, more intelligent manner so you're not getting caught to have to pay this fine to pay somebody's salary that year. So, if, again, if it went from $100,000 in 2015 that got paid into the state, in 2016 we don't need to get any tickets, and that's a worldwide holistic thing. It's not a North Carolina thing. It's not a D.C. thing. It's not a Michigan thing. If we together as a, as a country decided – we need to make sure that we follow these quote-unquote rules that have placed among us so we don't give them reason to have to enforce these rules. I mean, that makes perfect sense. That's, that's kind of what we've been shooting for for a long time is to get people to understand that we're driving this. And it's unfortunate that it happens the way it is, but like we said earlier, we've monetized criminality now. So there is an incentive for them to do this, unfortunately. It's almost like if there was a head to this hydra of a monster, he's smiling because we are so desensitized with these deaths that people don't even watch them anymore. Um, it's going to happen again next week. It's going to happen again next week. I'm holding a... Uh, Not even next week in 28 next, hours. It, it, I'm, gonna, I'm holding an event next week. And I have gotten so much backlash for holding an event to kind of bring awareness such as what you're doing now that you didn't do that for this person. You didn't do that for this. What you going to do it for the person that died in Minnesota now too? You going to do it for this person now too? It's like we are so desensitized to it as if we are starting to think that we deserve it. And you know what? I'm so glad you said that. Here's another interesting thing that came up is because just based on what you just said, and I, I saw the post by Mimi where she had made mention of the fact that we're all criticizing certain people for their method of protest instead of just banding together. A lot of people jumped down Jesse Williams' throat like, oh, you haven't done, you're not black enough because you only half black. So you ain't black enough. I need you Negroes to understand something right now. Let's get straight to the point. If you have any black in you, you are black enough, period. Half and black, that's, that's black, what I'm saying, black, bro. We charcoal, fight so black, many different. Black. We have so many different fights, bro. Black versus white. Yes. Black. Ver I'm married to a white woman. Every day 
I get exactly. um, backlash from the person that I fell in love with who takes care of my kids and I take care of hers and we have a family and a business that we run together. I have been told you have disincluded yourself from this situation from not being in love with a black woman. We have so many different fights that I feel like as the person who mentioned the autism awareness, and please listen to me, audience, I feel like we have this view of perfection. Police officers have this view of the perfect black man. Black men have the view of the perfect black man, of the perfect black woman. So we encounter these situations where we are not acting in the person looking at us view. We're not doing what they feel like we're supposed to do. I'm not doing what the world wants me to do by dating a white woman because I'm not, I, I didn't fit that perfect black man image. When that, when that man told this officer, I have a concealed carry, I have a gun on me, put your hands up, and he moved, he didn't act perfectly like that officer wanted him to do. So we have this ideology of being perfect, and it's starting to build separation. It's starting to build separations in community. It's starting to build um, mass death because we are not fitting this image that nobody knows. Right. Right. And that's, that's hor- the horrible part of the narrative is the fact that we spend so much time trying to decipher what they want us to do as opposed to just, you know, having a straightforward conversation. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, there, and, and that's why I'm not quick to want to bash just cops. I know that, that there are some good cops. I have been pulled over. Um, the cop just asked straightforward questions, and I gave him straightforward answers. I've had my gun in my car when the cop asked me, and he said, is there anything I need to know about? And I told him straight up, I do have a weapon in this car. I am licensed to carry. It is in the trunk, and it is unloaded. And I let them know. And every pull over my car, I put both my hands on the steering wheel. I turn the light on. And I let them know ahead of time before I move, I am reaching for my license and my registration, period. Or I have it out before they get there. I I appreciate this discussion, and I can't wait to see you on the 16th because we need to enlighten more people of this is how you encounter these situations. It can, um, And I'm not saying that that's going to stop an unjust killing, but, again, um, if, if the bully then took your lunch tray, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. On Friday, you need to find a different route. Right. Right. Absolutely. I feel like it's so scary that considering these um, this trendiness of killing black men, and I, I feel like it would be amazing to have good officers stand up. They have they will have good officers stand up and come together from a lot of different states and say. We are on the same page as you, community. We are tired of the face that are that is on us as police officers. We're tired of looking at as we're going to murder somebody when just as many killings happen, um, the reverse side of it, there's a rebuttal where somebody didn't die and somebody encountered a police officer and, and they just let them go about their way. But we are forgetting yeah. this because we see this um, these these murders. We can YouTube these these victims. You can't YouTube an officer just giving somebody a routine traffic stop because it won't get a million views. So we've put this trendiness on violence when it really needs to be spoken up by police officers who are doing their job the right way and coming together. But they've got that I've got my boy back community where I'm not going to speak on this officer. Um, I actually stopped an officer in a gas station one day. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning just leaving the club. Um, and I asked him, I said, um, what do I need to do? 
if you approach me. We both pumping gas at the at the oh, gas Jesus station. Right. And he said, and he said, uh, and he, and he, said um, he he started. He laughed a little bit, but he gave me an answer. He said, "Don't be nervous." We can tell if you. I said, "But I'm already nervous from talking to you right now, and we just having a casual conversation." Thank you. And he, Thank and you. he said, "He said most officers can tell the difference from you, me encountering you nervous and you about to do something nervous." And he said, "Keep your hands visible." And then and he he said, "He said I'm tired of being looked at as a bad as a bad officer." And he said, "The worst thing about it when I go." Um, to the station tonight and change it to my uh, civilian clothes, I want to hear officers being upset that they didn't kill somebody tonight. So it, they know. But it's his fault for not making it apparent to get that officer out of there. And that's what I told him. If you get in dress and you hear an officer say, man, I wish I could have killed somebody today. Man, I, I should have shot that person in the head for having that crack in their pocket. But you still continue to just do your job and not make sure that you let somebody know you are a part of the problem. That's scary. That is really scary that you actually met somebody that had the audacity to say that, and they were okay with it. They actually told you, yeah, you know, I met, I met a couple of dudes, and he's going to see that dude again tonight. You're going to stand right in every front of night. him. And it's every night, and you're not going to say anything. You're not going to say anything yeah. to him? Like, that's okay? And then the scary part is, what if the person he decides to kill is somebody you know? What you going to do? Yeah. Now share this piece. Absolutely. Like Chamber mentioned before, um, I'm Endless Will. I'm a poet. I'm a writer. I'm a father. I'm a black man. I'm a lover. Um, this isn't my poem. I'm just letting you know that I, I'm involved in this. And um, this this is real to me. I'm a father of five kids. And they all can be susceptible to being Sandra Bland or, 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 or the next black man being shot. She tells me, no, she demands that I call her Officer Davis. She tells me and has told me for the last two and a half years that she wants to be a police officer. And when I ask her why, her reply is that the world needs saving. And she is aware that the superheroes, the Batmans, the Wonder Woman, the speed of light flight of the man in blue type are not real. So she says that she will be a real hero, that she wants to protect people. And I'm scared because I know that my daughter will. Her will is that of me multiplied by 103. My daughter at the age of seven is so brave and strong. Out of all of my kids, she is the one that I rarely see cry. She always goes to her room every time she is upset and hurt. I asked her why once, and she told me with her head held high that she leaves because when she is sad, when she is hurt and angry, that that is her time. Her strength is amazing. I remember one time, my nine-year-old son, my nine-year-old son, excuse me, and my five-year-old son almost got into a fight, not sure over what, but before I could even speak up, my daughter asked me, asked them why. Before they could even reply, she reminded them that they loved each other and to play nice, and they listened. Without any friction, they just listened. My daughter, she is a leader. I'm so happy to have her. Honestly, I need her, so I'm so scared of her passion, her need for protecting, because the relevance of the disrespecting and the fucked up police statements, how they are viewed as that one profession that is the poster child for hatred, and the trending videos of them beating, tasing, and sending innocent lives to the graves. I am not sure how my daughter, little Miss Officer Davis, is going to fit into that system. 
powerful, man. Powerful. Because I think we forget about the, the girls. What about the girls, you know? Um, one of the narratives that I said a long time ago was that, you know, somebody had mentioned to me, you know, I feel bad for the men. And I said, hey, I feel bad for the women, too, for the fact that, you know, there are fathers being extracted out of families. There are dads being extracted out of families, uncles being extracted out of families. You know, uh, it's a painful narrative, and it hurts to hear it over and over and over and over again. You get a lot of shots out here on the the board and in my my inbox. They love the piece, and I appreciate you for that, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. that. Like so, I said, my, my daughter wants to be a police officer, and we continue to have these racist KKK um, supporters as uh, the people that are protecting us. And we have this fucked up police. Let's say, for example, you were an 11-year-old boy right now, and you wanted to be a police officer. All you hear is fuck the police, fuck the police, fuck the police, fuck the police. They're killing people. They're killing people. They're killing people. So by the time you are want to be a police officer, you don't want to be that no more because you don't want to be looked upon. But somebody who was being raised by a racist person, and they see that they get to kill a black man, oh, I want to be that. Let me do what I – let me do that. You see what I'm saying? So we continue to build this ridiculous spinning wheel of hate and killing because we are demeaning this important job. If somebody broke into my house right now, I'm calling the police. So how can I say fuck the police? No, it's fuck those racist people. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Give us a little background as to what we're doing uh, or what the plan is for the, the, um, the, the event uh, coming up July the 16th, how that came to fruition, what the plan is, and how we're stepping forward with that. I woke up um, the day after the Sterling um, shooting, and I just um, did my regular routine, drank some coffee, looked online, and I seen just the, the killing and um, and just the harshness of it, somebody with their knee and another man's back while somebody holds his arms down, and you just shoot them point blank, so close that the tip of the gun was almost on the ground, and you just kill him. It it, it made me cry, man. It really made me cry. And then uh, hours later, as I'm at work, I seen the video of his son crying. I cried again. And I just, something sparked in me. I have a friend in New Orleans. Uh, He lives in in New Orleans, Louisiana. And I messaged him, and I said, is there any way that you can be in contact with the family because I want to try to raise some money for um for the family. I've seen that homie has five kids and again I have five kids and it just was so upsetting to me to continue to see profile pictures change to that black and that silhouette of the man in front of the CDs and I kept seeing hashtags and it just no that within itself kinda of hurt my heart that this man is gone. His fifteen year old son is crying on T V and we have been um subjected to a hashtag and a Facebook profile change, which only promotes the Photoshop and the technology of Facebook, that's not helping anybody. Well, there's no point of bringing awareness to something that's so apparent. There is no awareness. We already know about it. So it just kind of made me hurt because, again, I have five kids upstairs right now watching Honey, I Strunk the Kids. They're, they, they know not to come downstairs because I'm talking on the radio. I have five kids. So if I didn't make it home, my woman would not be able to support my family no more. So it made me hurt 
that this man is gone and people are hashtagging and changing profile pictures and making it seem like that that's a part of the movement. So a part of me just uh, I reached out to him. Um, I made a Facebook, a Facebook post of considering the mass amount of artists we have in the area. People jumped on it, jumped on it, jumped on it, and I continued to see how it was growing. So Sean Ingram, a gentleman who owns his own um, Creative Arts Academy here in the Raleigh area, um, pretty um, prominent gentleman, he reached out to me and said that he would willingly offer his facility. And it just gave me um, some appreciation to see how people in our community will come together, even to help somebody across the country. Because, again, um, this man has kids. This man has a family. And despite people being upset and angry, that woman still has bills to pay. She still has school clothes she has to buy uh, in the middle of this month because school starts next month. She still has kids who are going to need some type of counseling because they know their father died from from, from selling CDs in a spot that he's done, as the store owner said, for a while. So it just gave me um, a little appreciation for our community. But as I looked on Facebook and Instagram, it hurt my heart because how would my woman, how would my wife be able to survive off of hashtags? considering I'm not there, the breadwinner, um, to, to, to put in my half. Right. Jesus. Powerful, man. And it's, it's, a, it's a damn shame that we, we're in a position where that's something that we have to do. And, and, you, and it's a wise thought process, so thankfully that we can have that. Um, uh, I just read a post not too long ago. Somebody had sent something to me and explained it, that, that kids, as far as college is concerned, taken care of. Uh, an actress had reached out to them and um, it looks like she has put aside enough money for all five of those kids to go to college. All they got to do is graduate high school. But what really stings is that it took that, this tragedy to happen for that to become a part of our norm. I talked to, um, speaking on that that day, um, that my gentleman friend in um, Louisiana he he gave me the nephew of of Sterling's um, number, and it's been a long time since I heard a, a man cry like that, man. But for me to be on the phone and hear the nephew of the man that died uh, so viciously crying and 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 looking for me, a complete stranger, to console him at that moment, it broke me down again. And I'm like, so this is three times that I don't shed tears over somebody that I don't even know just because I can kind of relate to it with me being black, me being a father, me selling CDs. I have a spoken word CD that I sell at the store all the time. Let me get out the gas station. and I, Hey, you want to hear a poem? Oh, I like that. Here's my CD. All the time. So it's like, this is me. This is you. This is my son. And uh, my cousin, as soon as I made that post about the fundraising event, he kind of um, scared me. He said, bro, I don't want this to discourage your event because I know that you got a voice there in North Carolina. He said, but I want you to look at something. That family has been paid. Just as you said, their college education is paid off. He said, so police officers are hunting us down, and we're dying at the reward of money, at the reward of money. Their kids' education is paid for that doesn't do anything because their father can't watch them walk across the stage. I'm pretty sure they would have loved to earn those scholarships with their dad helping them get that A, opposed to their dad dying and them getting free uh, college education. It does not equate. And he said all of these killings that has happened at the police, you can look at it. And I did. They are well off now. 
Not saying that they're Oprah, but they've got money. So it's almost like a reward. You kill me, you kill me, my family's going to get paid. And that is so sickening, man. That's sickening. It is. It is. It is. It's very sickening. And the one thing that, that you know what I was, the, the thought that I was having just now, as horrible as it sounds, and I, and please understand the artistic method with which I'm trying to make this statement, it's almost to the point where it's a good thing he died. But, because imagine if they just harassed the shit out of him and let him go. This wouldn't have had national attention. It takes one of us to die for it to get the national attention required for it to be a problem. Yeah. I've got one more piece I'd like to share before I go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's, 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 just, it's scary, man. I, I I am scared, man. I'm starting to question of when do I talk to my son about this particular issue. My son is 10, and we had the wake-up-ish talk uh, a couple of days ago and him just realizing six more years, you're 16. Continue to do whatever you like to do, do it better than you did yesterday, and continue to do it like that. Bro, I broke him down, and I didn't even mean to make him cry, but I was talking to him so severe in regards to how his future is not going to be handed to him. It's not easy to be Josiah, young, handsome, black man, because eventually you're just going to be looked at as a black man, and it's not easy for us. You like to draw, draw better. Draw today. Draw tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like continue to do what you like to do. You want to play basketball, I better see you out there dribbling with both hands with your eyes closed. And uh, he, I was talking to him so serious, he had to hug me and tell me how much he loved me. And that kind of woke me up like, oh, now I'm going to have to have this conversation about how he approaches the police, which is ridiculous. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy, I got man. one more, I got one, I I got one more I, for you. I just had a young lady, based on the statements you just said, hit me up, and she just said she told her son that speech at six. She told her son about crazy, the dude. interaction with the police? Yeah. Six years old, dude. Out wow. of fear. And that is what it's building. That's it is perpetuating fear. I wouldn't dare let my kids see this video because, again, my daughter wants to be a police officer. You know what right. I'm saying? So how am I supposed to demean her passion by showing her somebody that's um, taking advantage of their badge? You see heart surgeons all the time. You know how many doctors put people under the gas and then touch them and they're gone? But you don't hear about yeah. that. You don't hear people being scared about being a doctor. I'm pretty sure it happens more, just as many times as we're getting killed, a doctor abusing that gas, abusing somebody being in a coma and molesting them and touching them and kissing on them. It happens often. But we do not have this image of doctors being bad. It is scary, bro. Exactly. Exactly. Feel free to share that, brother. Let, let them hear it. Absolutely. Give it to them. Can I talk to this country's conscience? Content the constant violence and the abundance of death as if there's an unbeknown body count contest. A much needed conversation of the separation of races, our acceptance of segregation and the willing but unwanted reliance for wealth. <laughs> Fuck it, let's just talk about being miseducated. Our knowledge being provided by this nation whose ulterior motives is their power being in control. And a reminder of us as a people staying in our strings attached role by enforcing its fear. The ultimate puppeteer just demanding its rules of move when told move in prisons and stories told by rebel corpses force us to just believe. And this perfect system that's teaching us follow 
while destruction takes lead. It's sad how our vision seems to be so incomplete. We are all perfect leaves, burdened by broken trees, dreams being our shedding by our unforgetting allows advance to blow in the breeze. Under these laws of corruption, nothing is changing. Just more clouds of gunshots and the raining of bomb drops and the reprogramming of our brain. So many questions without answers as we wait for a better when will we realize that we are the change? And we use these words like hope just to replace our efforts. Oh, Miss America, the mother of our nation, we are breastfed your broken bread of hatred while our imagination invents these complacent creations and the glorification of nothing. You life giver of lies and the appreciation of nothing. Oh, Miss America, I hate this fucking picture that you repeat. Canvas being bloodshed on an easel of deceit. Paint brushes of mislead. Paint us passion filled with greed. Oh, Miss America, why do you enjoy watching your land bleed? You know that's one of my favorite pieces, right? I know. I know, bro. I remember the first time you heard it at um, Smoking Grooves. You put me to a side and you just like, bro, bro. And, it, and it, I'm a fan of your work, bro. I was a fan of yours before you and I even shook hands. I seen you at Carbon uh, Cuban uh, Revolutions, and Ladarius pointed you out. I'm like, I can't wait to meet him. I see he on this smooth oh, swag wow. now, walking through the club. I, I said, I was like, I know. I see he on this smooth swag now, walking through the club with his fedora on. So I'm not gonna say nothing to him, but I can't wait to be his friend. And you and I are on a first name basis. You come over to my house, we hang out all the time, bro. So I just appreciate um, you allowing me into your circle. Brother, I, and likewise, I'm I'm humbled, honored, and appreciate you as well. Um, I I look forward, and you know what? I know for a fact that our friendship is going to blossom again. Um, one of the extraordinary things that I saw uh, Princess Powell had posted on his page. I spoke to him yesterday. I had the honor and privilege of speaking to him, uh, a good friend of mine, and he um he posted on there that for the first time he's gotten so many messages from friends and family that just said you know, from, from male friends that said, yo, man, I love you, brother. But I've been saying it to my male friends now for a good year, and I've, I've said it several times before. I am I'm humbled by the male relationships that God has blessed me with over the course of these last, like, year and a half, two years that have these bonds that I've forged with men that, I'm, that I sincerely not only respect, appreciate, but sincerely love. And I, and I, and I don't have to say no homo and all this foolishness. I'm a grown man. These are grown men that I deal with. I tell my best friend all the time, man, I love you. And, and Will, you're one of those men that I man, I love you, man. And I, I'm, I told my best friend this morning, dog, I said to him, if something were to happen to you, I am not going to be okay. I told him that straight up. I said, dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm going to be no more good, like, for real. If anything happened to these these men of valor, these men that I sharpen my sword with every day, these men that stand next to me in this constant fight against the BS that you see on TV and radio and how they they belittle us and they demoralize us, and it's ridiculous, and I see it all the time, and yeah, I get it, it's a patriarchal society and it's a man's world and all this shit, but when they go to slaughter those men for for their wrongdoing, they also end up cutting some of the good men that do right Endless Will just came on here and said that he's got five kids. He's got a beautiful woman that stands by his side. Who gives a shit what color her skin is? For real. As long as she's doing right by him and she's helping him raise those kings and queens in that house, fine. That's who he chose. So I stand with you, man, and I appreciate you. And I, and I got a caller here. 
that wants to speak to you briefly. I'm going to see if I can pull her in real quick. 347-415, who do we have on the line? Yes, uh, this is Allison. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate yes, you joining us. Had... Thank you so much. <laughs> Oh, no problem. I had a uh, a comment. You said something about your daughter and that you didn't want to tell her because you didn't want her to have a bad image of police officers. Well, unfortunately, the thing is, is in life, you realize that we have good and we have bad people in this world. So you have to let her know now that reality is, is, these are the type of people that we surround ourselves around every day. They're in our church. They're in our schools. They're everywhere. It's nothing that I shelter my child from. I have a four-year-old daughter. I tell her more than I think anybody in the, any other four-year-old is aware of. I told my son, he's 15 now. I had to tell him when he was six about life. And all he's he, we're all from New York, so we're cut from you know it's it's fast paced. The point is 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 that regardless of where you live, where you're from, they're gonna have it hard too, just as we do. A drop of black mixture, we're still all minorities. And no, it doesn't matter who you fall in love with, it doesn't. But at the end of the day, they still hate. We are beautiful creatures. It's not our fault. God made us gorgeous. Those are all the things that you have to tell her. Those are all the things that you have to tell your sons. You have to tell them to be strong. You have to tell them that just because other people are bad, they can make it better. They can be the difference. That's what makes it good is great impact. That's all I had to say. I appreciate that. And I definitely understand what you're saying. Like I said, I'm torn. I'm torn of do I mention this to her now Um do like I like I said I'm torn. I, I'm I don't have all the answers, which is the beautiful thing about being a parent is because I'm learning every day. And just you sharing that you have um, opened your four-year-old daughter's eyes just gives me um, another appreciation of the things that I do need to say um, to my to my to my kids. Yes, and my daughter she loves she loves without condition. Uh, she'll see a stranger and she says, hello, do you know when she was three years old, she saw a white police officer and she screamed. She was petrified. And that officer cried. He cried. He said, why is she, why is she so scared? She said, mommy, the police, the police. And I told her, I said, baby, no. I said, come here, I will protect you. And that officer cried and he would not leave until he said, please give me a hug, please. White officer, blue eyes. As sweet as they come, but he would not leave my child. Now she no longer fears the police. Do you see what I'm saying? I definitely do. I definitely do. I just looked at the um, statistic online, and it says the national average expectancy um, for a a white man is 74. The average expectancy for a black man is 67. And um, it's like... So we, we, we got seven years cut off from the a statistic, and that's not even highlighting us being murdered. Um, but it's, it, shit, shit is real out here. Shit is real out here. True statement. It is. Yep. Wow. Wow. 
Well, thank you both so much, um, Allison. I appreciate you um, sharing us that story. That's that's pretty heavy. Uh, I think that people yeah, needed to hear that. That is amazing. Uh, and, no and again, it goes to that same narrative that we were mentioning. All of them aren't the same. If we go around with this attitude, all white cops are the same, guess what? That's the exact same narrative that they have about us. True story, right? So we got to change that. So I appreciate you for saying that. Allison, stick around for us. We got some more reports you want to share. We got some more people who got some things to share. Endless Will, my man, brother, uh, give us the details on this show coming up. And I'm, I want to make sure that we share the details on uh, uh, the... Um, what we have is um, just poets coming together, musicians coming together. Um, I've got an artist who's going to showcase her work and just coming together and trying to build awareness of how do um, how do we approach these situations when the police uh, encounter us? Because we see that we do not have even plan, uh, even plan. Uh, trying to um, come up with ways to just bring awareness in the community, um, raise money for families um, that are broken, and come together in a community as a holistic and a positive event. Um, because we're hurt. Um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some tears shed. There's going to be some amazing stories being told. And it's just coming together and realizing that it doesn't matter the Jordans that you have on your feet or the Escalade that you drove to the event. We are all susceptible of losing our life, Um, black, white, red, yellow, male, or female. So with us coming together as a community and um, holding hands um, and, again, just trying to figure out a way to stop this um, in our community and spread that light uh, on over to others. I can't wait to mention on stage of the idea that I have of not um, getting arrested this year. Um, I really do believe that if you don't buy McDonald's burgers, McDonald's will get shut down. And I'm tired of the McDonald's of the police officers because, again, if this happens and we do not feed into the system, and I know that there will still be um, situations that we cannot prevent, but the ones that we can prevent and police officers are laid off because that salary cannot be paid, and as that goes on nationwide, I'm pretty sure the officers that are still there, they will be a little bit more cautious of how they are doing their job because they can be um, apt to losing their job. Um, and uh, you mentioned the training. Um, a military friend of mine said the same thing, that there are um, courses that you have to take before you are armed in the Army. And I feel like with us coming together and maybe signing a petition and, and checking out these officers' background, I feel like um, an officer, they, they need to interview an officer's parents uh, before he, they give them the badge. Um, if, if if you are trying to um, become a police officer and you have racist parents, I'm sorry, sir, but this isn't the job for you. You need to go be a security guard somewhere because I do not want you to be biased when you see a black man. So I just yeah. trying to come together and uh, as a community in Raleigh-Durham, Triangle area, and figuring out a way um, to prevent this. Um, it, it all starts with a conversation, and hopefully that this conversation can can be just. That's right. That's right. And I appreciate you saying that, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you pay attention. I went ahead and posted that information in the event page. Um, that's going to be July 16th. It's going to be here in North Carolina. For more information, make sure you contact myself, Chamber 7, 
or Endless Will Davis and uh, get more information on that. This is the Hillsborough County um, poet laureate himself, the one and only, not just talking about it, but being about it. We're trying to make these words into action. So by coming together and raising these funds to help out these families, that's what we're doing. So if you want to be a part of it, reach out to us. Let's talk about it. All right? Appreciate you, brother, for coming through. Please stick around. i got plenty, plenty of people here on the line. All right? Hi, yes, sir. Thank you, man. I look forward to seeing you soon. Likewise, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, we have approximately like 30 seconds left. If you are listening to us via streaming, it's about to cut off. If you have called in and you press the number one on your keypad, please hold on for me. I don't want to lose you. I promise I'm going to get to each and every single one of you. The number is 347-324-5487, 347-324-5487. If you've already pressed the number one, don't press it again. I've got you. I see you in the queue, and I will pull you in. Now, I want to roll right into it because I want to give everybody the opportunity to speak. Next up, who's, this person's been waiting very patiently, 631-216. Who do we have on the line? This is Mojave. Mojave. Good, brother. Yes. What's going on, man? What's happening, bro? I'm great, man. It's always a pleasure to hear from you, man. K. Mojave right in the building, ladies and gentlemen, representing the ES um, all the way up there in Albany, New York. Appreciate you. Uh, show much love. How you doing, man? I'm good, Brody. I mean, well, I know this is rough right, for you, know, brother. Look, you, you've got some kings in, in your possession as well, yes? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I have two sons and, and a daughter. Um, sure. And, you know, as far as this is concerned, um, I have to approach it from many different standpoints. You know, I can go with my emotional um, emotional, most visceral decisions, you know, regarding what was going on in each of the cases. And then I have to have a logical standpoint from a legal perspective. And then I also, I also have to have it from a spiritual perspective of what I felt happened or is happening at the current time, you know. And and um, I, like many other people, you know, my heart broke when I heard you know, Alton Sterling's son crying. Mm-hmm. That whale mm-hmm. is the is the the type of whale that you know that comes from such a deep and a heavy place that I it broke me. It broke me so seriously that I cried. Like I I cried because I was like, you know, you think about the stuff that you do, you know, especially as an artist, as a person who promotes shows or anything else like that, and you see how it can happen. And, you know, I know everybody's, like, trying to say, oh, you know, this is what's going on, you know, from a logical standpoint. It's like, well, we couldn't see his hands, and this is the reason why this is going to happen, and it's going to happen. You know, literally, you can tell that, you know, from the jump the spin was in, but literally all reports being reported was that they were aggressive with him from the start. You know, and and regardless of the fact, we're the only people that we have to basically go on trial to prove that we're even worthy and decent enough to have our lives because it's so systemic. The the ingrained systemic racism and injustice is just so deep that it's always one of the first things that they do to make you not care about the person, to basically, you know, shun and, and not feel what you need to feel when it regarding the victim, like you know, they brought they was like, oh, you're a pedophile, and I was like, what does it have to do with that moment right then and there? What does it have to do Thank with you. anything? What does it have to do with anything that he was dealing with? Like, apparently, you know, as as the story That's goes, and, go to and, jail, though. yeah, but I mean, apparently, as it as it was going, you know, here's a person, you know, every community has one, particularly in the black community, everybody has a CD man, you know, hustle man. 
man is gonna get you your, your latest your latest tracks the the hottest things that drop on wax you know the latest mixes you know DVDs you got that dude and he's always he's always a part of our community because that's part of our underground culture that that's being supported by what it is because not all of us go to the movies you know but even in that sensibility of what that what that is you know. It's it's seen as low because oh he was stealing he was doing this he was selling illegal CDs and everything else but anybody else in any other culture would be regarded as an entrepreneurial uh, person or a spirit to go out and try to make that money for his family because literally he he didn't have <laughs> he didn't have the record to to truly work a regular job he was an ex convict who was going to hire him right. he had a six year relationship with the manager of the store and, and everybody who they spoke of, that they spoke to him and said, listen, he wasn't an aggressive guy. He was a good dude. He was, you know, he's he's basically selling CDs. He carried the gun because people were getting married. Now, I mean, people were getting robbed. <laughs> people get married. Robbed. Right, right, Same right. thing. Anyway, um, um, but literally, you know, and they were like, you know, his friends were getting robbed around the way. And, you know, you know the situations. Like, you know, I had an extensive conversation about that today about how our communities are set up. That when people are in such need, and the needs are are so systemic, and you've treated people to to the worst, of the worst. You've marginalized them to the point that that literally they turn on each other. And so, if somebody doesn't have something, they go and they take it from the next person. So, it doesn't matter how small it is, the act of power is what makes somebody feel as if they're doing something, they're receiving something, you know. And we're the only, you know, like I wouldn't say we're the only, but in our community, when you can physically take something from someone and show your strength, it's supposed to be, you know, some type of act of power. You know, he carried the gun. And so, what was said, which is one of the reports, was is that the a homeless man who kept bothering him for money, like just kept bothering him, kept bothering him, kept bothering him, and he wouldn't leave him alone. He he said he showed him gunnies, told him to go away, and the homeless guy called the police. You know, wow. that's supposedly the story of how that happened. So he called the police and said, you know, there's a guy brandishing a gun, you know, outside the, you know, the spot right. now. From the eyewitness testimony of the people who were there, as long as, and as well as the store owner, you know, who, who basically cooperates and said that he wasn't really resisting. But we, you know, you had mentioned earlier in the store, if somebody's leaning and they're putting their knee on your neck and you can't breathe, your natural instinct is to struggle. Fight back. Your right. natural instinct, you know, and the thing was, you know, when you were talking about laying him on his back and everything else like that, the things that I saw wrong about the complete situation is because he had his hands out. Like, he had his hands out at his side, right? And they were right. teasing him, you know. But that wasn't good enough. You know, like the sister said, that wasn't good enough. Yeah, see, that's the know? part I couldn't actually see. I didn't I didn't see. Everybody kept saying he was being tased, and I was like, I, I didn't know that. And you the, the part ta- that bothers me about that, if you're tasing him, this, why do you even have the weapon drawn? Because the thing was, right, now, the thing that, that bothered me, one of the things that bothered me about the whole Eric Gardner case as well is is that the one thing that you heard Pat Lynch from the New York City Police, you know, the union, um, and he was like, oh, he's a big black guy. He's a big black guy. And so this whole thing about being big and black is intimidating. And so right. if you notice, like, when he gets tackled, he's not fighting the tackle. 
he's no. being chased at that time. He just, he just, just kind of lets him. Yeah, yeah. He just he just lets yeah. him tackle him. It's it's not like he pushes yeah. him off him. He tackles him, right? So hard he hits he hits the car, then mm-hmm. the ground, and then his head. Right. So right. So I'm sorry, we got a lot of stuff going on in the background. Um, no, no worries. So. So now you have he he's he's been stunned, he's been tackled, he's been he's been, you know, pushed to a level where like he's on the ground. You have an officer who's on his you know, like they secured his arms and his leg and my thing was like even on my Facebook status I said, you know, like, cause I I cursed, cause I was like I was like literally I was like from the different angle, cause I I watched both angles, cause one angle I was like, well it looks like his hand, you know, you can't see it, so therefore it's this plus this security footage which nobody has seen yet. Um, here it is, in this other angle where the officer grabbed his hands and put his hand underneath right. him. He grabbed yeah. the hand, so he had his hand. Yeah. The other officer had his hand. Had his hand had his had his whole arm and his like had his knee on his neck, and right. I knew something was right. wrong when the other officer was sitting on him because he was sitting on his arm. Plus his arm, there's a car right there, so here yeah. it is. He's he's halfway he's halfway on the ground being secured by two officers, halfway underneath a car, and right. you know. And I think what happened was the officer felt felt the metal in in his you know in his in his uh shorts right. and so right. he said gun now the problem i had is right. that when they had him on the ground the first thing the first officer who had who who's securing the other side of him pulled out a gun and had the gun in his face and was threatening him with the gun right right so right. you already are in a situation where you've tased him you do all these things you to me there's no procedure that tells me this is what happens. You know, this is exactly. what you should be doing. But as soon as you say gun, you hear the shots, and then you hear the pause. Now, the sister said three, but it was actually four shots. But four shots up close. See, if you know the type of ordinance that they use with police, you know, with bullets in particular, you know they open up to a certain extent, right, to yeah. stop people. Yeah, yeah, Right? Right. So imagine right. those bullets, close range, into someone's chest. Think of all the vital yeah. organs that you have there. Right. Right. Think about it. Now, right. four bullets in the chest, two in the back, which means the man who was standing, who was laying on the ground, also shot, which means even all those shots could have been headshots. He could have shot him in the head. He could have done a whole bunch of stuff because That's he was true. laying there. And then when you shoot that closely, you see this man dying. You see the blood pooling on his chest. Mm-hmm. He had no chance. That's murder. That's mm-hmm. a state-sanctioned murder. In any other words, now very quickly, if you could do me a huge favor, I want you to let the, the people know because some people don't know you well enough to know. Um, like, of course, they were asking the question, "Well, how do you know?" All right, tell them what your background is and give them an idea of of what level of knowledge we're dealing with here. Okay, um, I don't know if anybody said that, but I study law. More importantly. Um, I listen, I watch, and I study these things. And not only do I study, I don't just take the first perspective and go with it. You know, I go across range because, uh, you know, before, because when we're getting to the other story, I'm going to just tell you what happened for that. Um, 
so with that in particular, and then watching the different, you know, reports, especially if the store owner comes out and he comes on, first he reports it, they they interview him there on the spot. They interview and people ask him questions, and then he comes on CNN, and he basically comes with his lawyer and he says everything that's happening, you know. And they made him give the security footage. So therefore, when you're looking at it and you're seeing the different angles, this is not something that I'm stating that I'm just like, okay, I'm just wildly guessing and I'm stabbing at it because I'm just going to tell you right now, they're going to get off. It, they're not going to get arrested. It, it, if they receive any charges, I'd be surprised, you know, because wow. it's going to go to a grand jury. <laughs> they're not going to be indicted. It's not going to happen, and that's what's going to happen. And and because he had a record because he was a pedophile, that's just going to make it any worse. And they're going to basically not have any jury because the sensationalism of the case is going to tamper the jury pool. So what's going to happen? <laughs> It's the same thing as going. So, yeah, I guess that's the question I would ask. So what do you What do you do in that case? What do we do? What's, what's the result? Like, I mean, you, you've been involved I mean, in the court system and know the law better than most of us. But it's, I mean, well, I mean, the one thing that I want, I want to get into that later, because I want to get to the the other case while while we're at it. Oh, and so absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I want to make sure that um, I received that video before. It it hit the news like like literally her live feed at the time that I got it she had 173 mm-hmm. people who liked it and was watching it and she had right. she had a, you know she had comments so out of those people that was like, like that's how soon I got it and I got it and I I literally went to Walmart and I ignored what was in it because my brother loyal mindset had put it in my inbox because he knows. All the time when when I see something, you know, people ask my opinion and see the case, and I, I'll tell them what I think. But I literally had this video, so I'm sitting here, and when I finally watch the video, right, you know, there's this realism that goes on that makes you think that everything's a movie when you watch it because you can't really believe it is happening, because you can't believe it's happening the way it's happening, and you can't believe that it's happening, that it's actually a Facebook live post, and you're actually seeing it go down, and then you're you're watching because you just got finished crying earlier, thinking that could be me. I made statuses telling people you know, this could be me, this could be happening. I have lots of friends who sell, who sell CDs. I've got tons of friends that sell yeah. CDs. Sell artists who all sell those, CDs. All, part all of, of our part poet of, friends sell CDs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All my poet friends sell yeah. CDs. All these people who do these different things who are putting these things forth that can actually happen yeah. where, you know, you start to think like – is this entirely possible that this is happening in the way that it's happening so close, so soon, I can't believe it. And I immediately shared it with with all the people that I knew. Like, I, I started hitting people's inboxes. You know, I was like, I'm talking to my boy, Andrew. Hey, you know, hitting people in my group. You know, people's like, yo, when did this happen? This is going on. Yo, who's this dude? When did it happen? And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the video, and I'm seeing this dude, right, the one thing that I think is even more important is that part of anything that happens with anybody who's shot, police officers are supposed to render aid and assistance to somebody who's shot, even if they're a perp, you know, uh, you know, they're supposed to render aid and assistance. They're supposed to be able to call and get the people done. But we, there's this phenomenon that nobody talks about, which is bleeding out. How many people get shot and bleed out? And so when I watched the second video, this brother was bleeding out. His arm 
his arm was shot off at the bone. If you look at his arm, it's yep. disjointed. It's completely the opposite way of where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And he's bleeding, and it's pulling on his shirt. And you see him just yep. leaning over. You see this officer screaming at the top of his lungs. He's not well. He's not all there. Right. And he's screaming. And that woman, she should be considered a hero. Because she stayed calm enough to not just, you know, like if anybody questions her credibility or go after her for, for being a certain type of person, they're assholes because they're trying to spin the, the story. But this police officer who shot him, right, she literally explained it on live because she wanted people to understand what was happening yes, to her. What was happening? And when the other sister came on and said, you know, that might be taken away from us because they're catching too much stuff, people need to understand that anything that you place on Facebook is is permissible mm-hmm. in court. Anything you put up, mm-hmm. any threats you make, mm-hmm. any status, any time you threaten somebody, anything that you do, you put it on mm-hmm. Facebook, you can bring it to court and literally use it. Mm-hmm. You know, if people don't believe me, I said, listen, spend an afternoon, watch Judge Math and see how many people bring up the whole thing and say, well, I got these Facebook messages, right? That's right. Yeah. All this stuff comes into play, and most people are not paying attention to it. But even with the live function, you're seeing people get murdered. You're seeing all this different stuff. And so here it is. The officer is still standing there. There is no threat. This man is dying. Right. You're not rendering aid and assistance. You're more worried about this. And she's like, sir, and she's still finding the courage to answer him in a respectful tone. And, like, I guess Will was saying that, you know, that person didn't do what he wanted him to do. She mm-hmm. explained the confusion. I was like, listen, if, you, if your ass is scary, if you're a scary person, please don't have on a badge. I can tell you right, right. now, 90, 95% of the people I know with badges are dope-ass dudes, straight up. Yeah. I can trust them with my life. They right. come through. They come through on the come through. They look out. They do this stuff. They, you know, but they're from the communities that they police. That's the difference. Right. There's a couple of brothers who are in ES now that are police officers. They're dope-ass dudes. I've never seen people solve problems without pulling out a gun like they do. They were part of a special right. program where they used to walk around and do community policing, and they were dope at it. And then people wanted to change that for who they were. Right? The majority of the right. police I know, <laughs> I'm in a situation where they're saving life. The experiences that I've had with terrible police you know, right. I always understood that I can have my day in court. So I know how to behave right. a certain way. I always know that there's right. something, I can do something about it. I know that, that literally, you know, win, lose, or draw, I can make a complaint, I can do this, and I know how to apply the pressure from a different, from a different way. I'm not going to go in there, jump up and down, and, you know, have my braids half, oh, yeah, I look like Method Man from all I need. It's not going to go down, you know. It's not going to go down, right, right. All right, but I do understand, yeah, yeah, I do understand that, that how you respond and like, like somebody was saying, like, you're nervous, you're not nervous, anything else that's going on, it's how you answer the questions and what you do. But if somebody's having a bad day and you're the subject, there's not much you can do about it until, well, until you can wait. But in this case, you can tell this man, he, you know, from his voice, he, I told him to give it up. And she said, and she calmed, she said, you told him to get his, you told him to get his license. He, he informed you he had a gun, you know. Right. That means he did everything right. he was supposed to do. And then the thing that they can't do with him, they can't make him to be a bad person. They they couldn't dig anything up to, to, to sully his image. 
he was nope. he was a hard worker. You know, he's a hard worker. He was a he yep. was a model for kids. He had aspirations. He had goals. He was going to school. He had all this stuff going on for himself. You know, he went to a magnet school. The dude was like he was he was smart. He was intelligent. He you know he he was doing something with his life. He explained to the man that I have a concealed carry license. I have a weapon. He told the man that the dude got scared. You know, and it, it but the crazy the craziest thing besides besides the dude getting scared. <laughs> You know, you see these instances where where it's this cruel, this depraved indifference that they have after they shoot somebody. You know, and then the thing that it, that made me question is when they were pulling out the car, I was like, these dudes have really have guns trained on her. They have guns like a dude had an automatic weapon trained on her. I think it was AR-15. And I'm sitting here like, she's the victim. Why do you have to arrest her? Why do you have a daughter? Why did you shoot while her daughter was in the car? Four times. That's, that's, Any yeah, one that's, of those four bullets could have struck her once, and she'd have died. Yeah. That's that's reckless endangerment. That's 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 attempted Had murder. To be. But somehow, at the very least, you know, when they say, "Oh, the state is going to take this over instead of hand it over," and they're going to bring in the feds and all this other stuff, you know, the fact that they didn't even understand that the story that she was telling, that that she had been kept in that police station with no water, with no nobody came to comfort her, nobody they stuck her in a room. Nobody said anything to her. Nobody knew nothing. And so she came out. Like, I put it up on my page because she came out and she said, I'm coming to tell you this is what they did to me. They did not feel sorry about anything else. Similar, just like the John Crawford case, his fiance, you had an actual detective telling her, you guys came there to shoot guns, knowing that it was a fake gun. But, you know, if you look at the interview that he has with, with his fiance, he's talking to her as if she committed the crime. This whole victim blaming uh, whole thing is that anything else is going on, and it's like it's crazy because clearly, right. clearly, this right. man is either not set right or he jumped the gun, and even his voice you can hear the fear and everything in his voice where he's he's sitting there trying to have this conversation with the girlfriend about what right. he should have done in the situation, but we're not right. just seeing it. You know, we're talking about this whole thing about black men being, you know, and they're like, oh, mama's calling. You know, even Fox News. The funny thing about Fox News is that, you know, every now and again, Fox News will tell the truth. <laughs> every now and again. Every right? now and again. Every now yeah. and again. Not not, not constantly. You know, but they always bring in somebody who goes, you know, well, I want to know the facts, and we got to see what this is and see how this is happening and, and why. And then you have these people saying, like, yo, listen, this is the everyday reality for us. This is something that can right. actually occur, you know. This is something that can right. really go down with us at any time. I can't tell you how many times that I've been in a situation where <laughs> I was the victim and I still had somebody come put a knee on the back of my neck and a gun to my head and tell me not to fucking move or they'll blow my head off. I've been there. Jesus. I've been there. I've and you were, friend, vi- and you were the victim. Yeah, I had my friend who was a police officer years and years ago police officer mm-hmm. right and the funny thing is we make this joke because we we have this joke about when we feel vibes like we feel like a bad vibe like we got this thing about bad vibes so we feel bad like and we was all night we was like yo something's gonna go down right and we and we we didn't neither right. one of us could dance neither one of us could you know we went to this little club and i felt like it had i not gone out because my cousin had come out to visit i was like i need to go you know and i said i don't know what it is but I know if I don't go, I think something bad. You're feeling so something. Yeah. Yeah. And so literally, 
we went into this store in Albany. It's like called Stop. It's called Stop and Go. Um, it's on the corner of uh, Clinton and Lex, right? And anybody who's listening from Albany will know what that is, right? They go oh, Stop and Go, right? Stop and Go, right. twenty four hours. You go out the club, you get your sandwiches, whatever. Yeah. So when we went in there, this dude was just these dudes. You know, they they on the corner, you know, and so. My boy, who's a police officer, he was like, yo, everybody stay in the store. Everybody stay in the store. Don't nobody go out to the store. Everybody stay in the store. So he's calling the police, right, because he's calling for police. So he's calling to send a car so that he can basically alleviate the, the tension that he's feeling. And, the tension. and so here it is. We're waiting. My cousin, who happened to be drunk, <laughs> he was drunk at the time, he gets his sandwich, right? As soon as he walks out that door, as soon as he walks out the door, got him. The guy starts shooting. So when I see my cousin turn to the side and take oh, off running, Jesus. yeah. And so, so then, so then, um, the weird thing was, is that when we came out, like he was shooting, and then the guy he shot, my cousin, he shot another lady who happened to be a crackhead at the time, who was just around. Like, he was just shooting wildly, you know. And so we're running down the block. And now the weird thing was is that me and this other guy, we were, we, you know, who's with us, we were halfway down the block because we was out. We was, you know, right. running. And then when I saw the dude drop the gun, immediately I turned around because I was like, you don't have a gun. I'm about to beat the life out of you. And right, we both started right, running right. towards him. And then my boy was the officer. The guy was running. He seen us running. He ran and he got into a Black Eagle uh, medallion, whatever car, whatever Black Eagle. You know. And so my boy is standing there. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, what car are you getting? I was like, the black car. And my boy literally pulled out his service weapon and was literally tagging the back of his car. Like he, was, he wasn't shooting for the windows. He was shooting for the back of the car because he was trying to blow the car up, literally. Right. He was really trying right, to blow right. a car. <laughs> like, no, he he was right. literally trying to blow. Like, he knew the gas tank was in the back, and he was really trying yeah. to blow the car. Yeah. And so when the police came, the police ran up on him. What? All right, so yeah. when when the police came, right, um, and there's just a report just came in that two officers were just shot at the Dallas protest, you know. Yeah, I saw that. That's yeah. crazy. Um, so... When they came, like, so my boy was standing there, so he was trying to show, like, he was trying to show them, and they, they ran up on him. And so they had him down, they had the gun, and the guy ran up on me, and, you know, he said, oh, fucking God, blow your fucking head off. And I was like, and I, I just calmly kept repeating, I said, I'm a victim, my name is such and such and so forth, my ID is in my pocket, you know, and I just kept talking, like, calmly talking. I was just calm, trying to be as calm as I could, so that it didn't make him feel like he had to pull the trigger and blow my brains out because I needed my brains. Exactly. So, so exactly. literally, you know, while we're there, you know, they put the cuffs on me. You know, we're we're explaining like they halfway got us in the car already, and we're explaining, yeah. and then they find out that that he's a police officer. Then he explains it to them. Then they leave us in the cuffs for like maybe 10 to 15 more minutes. Then they come take the cuffs off. Then they ask us a whole bunch of questions about what happened. I explained to them what happened. And then we had to go to court. Like we had to go to trial about the whole thing. But, you know, literally right. some people wouldn't go. But we literally had to go to trial to, to go get the dude. Right. Because the dude right. basically, like, was that? And I was like, but that's like our own. You know, that's like us, you know. And and but the the experience of being treated like I was a perpetrator as opposed to a victim bothered me. 
Like it stayed underneath my skin because I was like, here I am. I'm suffering. You know what I'm saying? I'm suffering. Like, like this dude really just tried to take my life for other than the fact that he thought that we were some rival group or gang <laughs> trying to take over his corner. Right. That's how stupid things get. Right. So, you know, some people say, oh, what about black on black crime? And I'm sitting here like, I don't want to have that argument with you. That's not the argument we're talking about. That's not something that you can use to dissuade this argument to change from what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact is, is that at any moment, you know, somebody can decide to shoot me and nothing will be done. I cannot I cannot right. do anything. So beyond that, going back to the, the, the video, right? So when I shared it, what I wanted to tell you is that um, – I was blocked from sharing the video at a certain point. Like, the video oh. disappeared. It was erased. <laughs> it was erased. Her whole and, – and she came out and she said it. Like, the video was erased. I was blocked from sharing. Like, I was literally blocked from sharing in my instant messenger to other people. Wow. So I kept getting new clicks. Wow. So I kept trying to share, and it was like, it was like oh, you know, there's something wrong. You know, <laughs> Facebook tells you there's something yeah. wrong. So I was like – I was like, did I just get blocked? Did somebody just block me? Did something, you know? So I waited a couple hours, right? And then when as I mm-hmm. waited for a couple hours, then I started noticing, you know, that, that certain things were up, you know, and that the original link that I had was linked to her page. Her page was gone altogether. All yeah. Then, yeah. you know, when people did get certain things and they were able to, to look at the link and they were saying everything that was going on, I said, look at the time that I sent it to you. And it was like, yo, you gave this to me at like 12.01 a.m. And it was like, we're just talking yeah. about this now at 8. And I said, this is this is how fast the news turned around, everything else is going on. I said, but I was being blocked from sending out more, you know, yeah. because people Sharing were asking other people, me, yeah. yeah, like, and I was like, right. that's a little right. scary. That's a little scary. Right. That that scared me. Very scary. Like a lot. Very scary. Because, because it, it, it's reminiscent of these other countries where people are allowed to speak that way. And if we're we're uh, and you know that's the part of the beauty of the freedom that we have. I know a lot of people complain about the United States and they say it's not all that great. But in other countries, it would have been legitimate. They just shut the whole fucking internet down. Let's be realistic. I don't think people realize that in the United States. You complain about the freedoms that they were they restrict you from, and granted, I understand you have some legitimate reasons, but in other countries, that shit is legal. If the government doesn't like what they see, they'll shut the shit completely off and fuck your internet. I don't care if your kid got a, a, a school report to do. You can't mm-hmm. see it because we ain't like what we saw. Period. Point blank. Not and sure. I'll tell you what, and just, just, just having your opinion from the, the voice of somebody on the other side of the fence. I mean, that's, you know, somebody who's who actually knows the law, who's who's been in the thick of it, who's talked to people who are police officers. I appreciate the fact that you can give us more onus to that because I get tired of the narrative of black people doing the same ignorant shit of always just start screaming, yeah, we need to get rid of all the cops. Hold on, slow down, homie. Because, like, you know, my homeboy, Adam Will just said a minute ago, those are the same people that I call in case somebody breaks in my house. I have to call the police. It's just that I'm tired. I, I want to get to the narrative of where we say we need to get rid of the bad ones, keep the good ones, and get this moving in the right direction. The same way, we need to get rid of the black, bad black folk, keep the good black folk to move along. But they're killing the good black folk. That's where the issue is. I mean, yeah, so. my thing is this. When people ask me questions about, oh, you know, blah, 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 black on crack crime, this is such and such, and people sell drugs in the community, I said, I said, listen, last time I checked, I said, ain't no poppy fields on top of tenements. Okay. True story. No poppy fields on top yeah. of tenement. I said, I said, other than nope. waiting machines and being other stuff pushed, I said, this stuff is community. And I said, last time I checked, I said, I said, my man, I said, my man, uh, 
Sam ain't taking no trips to Columbia by himself. He probably even got a passport. Right. So therefore, you got a question. I said That's these right. people are not running around getting these automatic weapons because cause they can walk to the store and go get it. No. Good statement. Statement. You know, so so therefore, when you're talking about things of that, I say you have to look at what, you know, there's a book, and I'm mad because my son got it, um, but it's written by Amos Wilson, and it's called The Psychodynamics of uh, Black-on-Black Violence in the Service of White Supremacy. It's a crazy book. Mm-hmm. Very, very crazy, but real. Mm-hmm. And it talked about the things that are done to actually engineer and put these things together by utilizing, you know, those wants, those needs, those environments that are being created in order for that to happen. And so I look at that as being systemic because when they're talking about racial disparities, we understand that <laughs> there's an institutionalized racism that exists upon us, that exists at all times because it's, in, it's ingrained in our culture and our television and what we look at and how we, how we decide everything. And then when people think of something other than themselves, it's because people don't want to question and the privilege that they actually have. But let's That's talk solutions right. because I know I've been taking up a lot of time and I don't want to do that too much longer, and I know there's probably other people waiting. So, and I don't want to be that right. guy. You know, but but <laughs> if you ask me what, what can actually be done and what, what I think, you know, the funny thing is that whenever they have a settlement for um, a case where somebody gets shot, like Laquan McDonald, you know, which, which is a, a heinous case altogether because – Everybody says, oh, you know, blah, blah, he lunged and did all this other stuff, when clearly this man emptied a clip into this into this youth. He emptied a clip, you know, 15 shots yeah. into this youth. He just kept shooting when he was on the ground the whole night, which is crazy, right? And so yeah. you see this whole thing where they're talking about, well, we need to stop him. I need to make sure that he stopped. And I'm like, there's not too much stopping that you can do with everything else that's happening. So the taxpayers usually foot the bill for all the stuff, you know, and so – the funny thing is, like, why am I paying you to have a state-sanctioned execution? And the thing is, is that if we're paying for it, I said, you know, someone needs to bring up a class action suit, and they need to not go after, you know, the cities. They need to go after pension funds. Oh. Oh. That's an interesting spin on it. Okay. They should go after, they should the, go after pension the pension funds. They should go after pension funds and police budgets. Okay. Because if you go after pension okay. funds, you go – Think about it. Pension fund is something that's, that's already right. earned. Am I correct? That's right. So if it's already earned and it's something that you've worked this many years, imagine if somebody has a suit that pulls so many millions of dollars from a pension fund. Doesn't that make your pension get smaller? That's Doesn't right. Somebody takes something away from you, and you might say, oh, it's protected by such and such. But I said, you know, I said, listen, somebody can figure this out. <laughs> somebody can figure this out, figure this how to right. take the money right. from a budget. Or say right. that this, you right. know, every time every time we get a suit, we're taking from your line of the budget of the city. We're taking it from the police budget. So when y'all riding around on tricycles and you no longer have you no longer have cars, thank your officers that refuse to follow mm-hmm. protocol for that. Right. You know. Right. Right. And what if what if we actually take it to a whole level where which one of my friends proposed to me today where they said, listen, we need uh, a UN type of of you know, approach where we basically go after our country for these heinous happenings because the amount of people right. being killed in a year is almost like we're at war. Right. And so, will sure. we get UN? Will we get UN sanctions for police officers that you know are killing people because it's such That's a right. national problem? You it know. Is. So. Man. 
that being said, you know, that's that's part of the idea of what I'm thinking about. I mean, other than the fact of actually getting people to actually have more of a, a inclusion and getting people to actually change their mind about the institutions that they actually run with and think that things are happening because, honestly, you know, they should have psychological testing, as you suggested before. And I also think that some of the people who joined the police or police force are some of the people who they were bullied and picked on and they were mentally inept and some of them were white supremacists and we're finding more and more pictures of people who are grand wizards and even right. anonymous exposed so many people. And there was that the police department, there was a whole department that was uh down south that were all a part of a, a white knights organization where they were basically planting evidence. So Right. You know, who polices the police? That's the real question. Who polices the police? That's a very real question. Well, brother, I appreciate you coming through and and dropping some knowledge on us. I think you gave a lot of us a lot to soak in. Um, uh, Any information that you have that you can post up, that you can give to us, I really appreciate it. Uh, As always, man, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you coming through and and giving us that, that very clear, concise, hey, we need to look at this and make some very valid points, bro. Thank I mean, you, thank you. I appreciate it. But, I mean, like, seriously, bro, like, keep doing what you're doing. I, I have to encourage you that, you know, you got to keep giving people a, a voice to come and express themselves. When that sister was crying, I was doing everything in my, my power because I'm tired. I'm tired like everybody else is tired. And it's like, you know, yeah. because I got those, because I got two sons, like, I worry about my son all the time. I worry about my older son, you know, but he was never taught to fear police because he's like, I don't do nothing wrong, right. you know. Right, right. I had that conversation with my son, too, and he was like, but, Dad, I, I, I stay out of trouble. I said, son, that does not matter. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't because you it, it makes you want to hold your child a little bit tighter. That's why I, I even posted on my thing. Right. I said, what if it was me? What if, you know, because. Could have been me. <laughs> it could have been. And that's, and that's the worst yeah. thing about it is because, you know, I think that black people are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, honestly. Absolutely. There's, there's no reason an endless will should have to pull off the side of the road out of fear. There's no reason he should have to do that. No, you know? he shouldn't. So, no, but, you're right. But thank but you, thank brother, you, for brother. having me. I, I, I appreciate you. Absolutely. Wish you was coming to the meetup next week. You. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, because you're having the one on the 16th. We also got another one coming up, too, right? That's the big one. Not uh, this is the big the one next 29th? week is the big one. Next week is the big one. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, um, you never know with me. I might just pop in just to see what happens. You never know. So uh, I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. I know I got this show on the 16th, but hey, uh, you know, know me. If you come, I'll be like, Ali well, Boumaye. Ali Boumaye. <laughs> you know, I'll be like, bring the beer. You bring the beer game, you know. So, right, right, bring the whole big gang. I mean, you know what, I talked to him today. I, I, I reached out to him today. I'm trying to see if we can connect something together, get the poets and the beer gang together, because that's a great group. So i to make that happen. All right, that's what's All right, right there, brother. All right, bro. Yes, sir. Well, stick around. And, um, yeah, shout out to you. Appreciate that love, man, for all the ES groups. So thanks again. Oh, thank you, bro. I appreciate you. Absolutely, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Kay Mojave right in the building, uh, representing all the ES grown folk. Um, thank you for coming through. Uh, now I've got another. Uh, somebody actually specially requested this particular caller, and, I, and I'm glad that she stuck around. Um, for those of y'all who stuck around with us, I really appreciate you sticking around for this narrative. I think it's incredibly important. And just like I promised, we have a lot of smart, intelligent individuals who came through 
with smart and intelligent solutions. I hope you were paying attention. If you missed anything, you can always download the show tomorrow. Um, you know, we've got a, another 30 minutes here strong, and we've got another two great calls on here that I know have very strong words of wisdom for us. So next up on the bu- in the building, how you doing there, sweetheart? What's going on with you? Not so much. How are you tonight? I'm doing amazing. Um, I'm super, super thankful that you stopped through the building. Uh, like I told you, no kidding, somebody actually legit, like, came through, and, and, and tonight you got a really important call. Please make sure that Mimi calls in. So that's why I had to reach out to you and say, hey, yo, um, please, if you get an opportunity, come through and, and smash this mic with me. Well, I'm really grateful that you had the show. Uh, as you and I talked earlier, I had um, kind of disconnected for a while because as anybody who knows me knows, this is my fight. Uh, this is what I do damn near every day is, you know, bring awareness and spread information and spread knowledge and make people have the difficult conversations. Um, I do it social media. I do it on my radio show. Um you know, I, I it's it's sort of one of my passions. As sad as it is that it has to be, um, it's one of those things that makes me feel like I'm making a difference in the world. But when it continues to happen back to 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 back, you know, it it, it starts to feel like you're not doing enough. Um, and it's really difficult when you have people who criticize what we do. Um, saying that we're not doing anything, that we're not part of the movement, that we're not, you know, talking isn't solutions. Uh, And on all of that, I call bullshit Um, because, you know, we could be using our social media platform to spread fight videos or make crash jokes or um, spread videos of kittens, damn it, but we don't. Instead, we tackle face on the issues that are facing our community on a regular basis. Um, so for you to have this show and, and to say that I was requested um, kind of put the spark back in me a little bit because I, I won't lie, when uh, Alton Sterling was killed, I, I, I couldn't. Um, I'm an empath as well, so I feel things very, very deeply. Uh, I just couldn't. I can admit that. I'm real about that. I literally could not. And I, you can put anything you want after that not. I could not deal. I could not handle it. I could not feel anymore. I could not cry. Like, I could not. Um, and then I thought that maybe if I just sat one out, like if I just just didn't um, do anything, that I, I would, you know, recharge and come back ready to fight. And before I could do that, um, they took uh, Mr. Castile. And... Uh, mm-hmm. And it hit me, and, and I realized that, that there is no sitting it out because it's going to keep happening. It has been happening. Um, you know, this isn't new as much as, you know, we want to act like it is or feel like it is. The truth of the matter is, is that police have been used as, as slave catchers from the beginning. That's why the police force was created. And if you do just a tiny bit of research, you will find that out. The police force was created to find, to track, find, and imprison runaway slaves um, and or, or enslaved people, because I hate the word slaves. But at the end of the day, that has continued. There are still members of the police force who are truly aligned with proudly members of the KKK. Um, you know, we have to really look deeper at this than just, oh, the police, there are some bad police. You know, I get that there are good police officers as well, but if you are, if a, right. if a tree 
if a tree is rotten, then every fruit it bears is going to be rotten. And we have to just be real about that. Our police system in this country, our judicial system, our police forces, they need a tremendously major overhaul. And until that happens, we're going to continue to see this because they are acting in the means in which they were created. Like, that's just the facts. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that these members of the KKK, these white supremacists who hid their face when they were out there doing dirt, pulled off those robes and went to work every day as judges, as police officers, as lawyers, as all of these professions that still rule the land. Um, and and we're not we're not dealing with that. Uh, we you know I get that it's a highly emotional thing. I'm highly emotional about it. I, I you know I have a son. I've tried talking to him about it. I don't know whether he gets it. I cry myself to sleep at night worried about him. It's as simple as that. It is an emotional thing, and I get that. But I also know that just being emotional emotional isn't enough, and we have to be smart, and we have to really look at this thing and talk about this thing beyond just Alton Sterling or or or. Trayvon Martin or any individual name that can be called because this is not about individuals. This is about what is happening collectively in this country. Um, and so I think yeah. that when we talk about, you know, we're, we're, you know, I applaud you for wanting to focus on solutions. Um, but, but as I said, you know, I shared a post from uh, actually from the, the man who made me pick up a pen in the first place, a brother named Christopher K.P. Brown, uh, where he said, you know, there are all kind, there is no answer. There is no one answer. There are answers. There is no solution. There are solutions. Everybody has to do what they are able and capable and willing to do. Um, And there are all kinds of things that can be done. Uh, And one of the things that I posted I also got from his page was, you know, this idea that we all go out and apply for gun permits. It doesn't matter if you actually get the gun. You don't even have to, you know, be approved for the permit. But you go get the gun. You let them know that we're just as willing to bear arms as anybody else. So it's small stuff. Um, And I know you have other callers waiting, so I really just want to say two things. you know, I, I want to say that if we're going to really look at this issue, I implore everybody to go do research. Look at the history of the police force. Look at what, you know, look up toxic masculinity, because that's a big part of our problem with the police force, and it doesn't matter if they're black or white wearing the uniform. If they, are, if they have toxic masculinity where nobody can challenge their authority, where their uniform is their reason for living every day, that's why we're seeing as much of this as we're seeing. We have to investigate patriarchy. We have to take a look at all of these underlying issues and how they are so intertwined with every part of our life. All oppression is intertwined, and we have to be real about that. Um, I'm going to be covering this topic, you know, a little bit further uh, on my show on Sunday. I have an FM radio talk show. It is a local station here in my hometown. However, if you use the TuneIn app, uh, you can go on your smartphone to any, you know, Google Play, iTunes, any of those. Download the TuneIn app. Uh, search for station GGRN, which stands for Gullah Geechee Radio Network. Uh, and my show comes on this Sunday and then every other Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. We're going to be talking about um, the approach of living 
as a black person in America. You know, Mojave hit on the fact that we are suffering from our own form of PTSD. And these murders, these videos of these murders, um, only encourage that and, and cause that to grow. So I hope that we will think about that when we're sharing these videos and, um, you know, suggesting that people watch them. Uh, we don't want to become desensitized to murder, but we also don't want to disrespect families and friends who don't want to see their father's death replayed on social media every time they try to scroll. Um, so I think there's a lot to be looked at, a lot of subtopics that need to be discussed. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking about some of those on my show on Sunday. So I want to thank you for having the show and for having me on and for letting me um, – I guess spill so that I can refill and get back to the fight. I appreciate you. Man, let me tell you something, boy. I love my poetry friends. Y'all come through, <laughs> destroy my fucking mic, and then just be like, all right, I'm out, nigga. Here you go. Boom. There you go. I know, I know you have whether, whether it be with poetry or just sheer information or knowledge or whatever, y'all come through. Mimi just came through and was like, all right, here you go. Bam! All right, I'm out. I'll see y'all later. God dang. See, this is why people request their ass to come back all the time. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, bravo, ma'am. Bravo. And I'll fair. Yeah, I want to be fair, Mike. So thank you very much for having me. Um, and then you know, if you if we decide to discuss it further, if there's any other shows that we're going to do about this, please let me know because I don't I don't I'm not on social media that much lately. Um, I work really long hours and. It's a little stressful, so hit me up. You know, I'll always come through. Most definitely, most definitely. We appreciate you coming through and smashing the mic as usual. Me, um, looking you. forward to some poetry from you in the future. I'm not gonna let you get away that easily later on. Um, I'm gonna catch you. So, um, I appreciate okay. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you tune in. She's uh, posted the information about her radio uh, show coming up uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, make sure you grab that TuneIn app. Uh, for those of you who haven't picked her up as a friend, make sure you log on. Her name is Melissa Ellis on Facebook. But like she said, she's got a lot of her work up there. If you want to check it out, uh, post some very positive things, um, reach out to her, check it out, and get it out soon. Uh, moving on next, I got another one of my Facebook callers coming in as we are about to round off the remainder of this um, this this show. But, you know, I, I love always having my, my great, mindful, smart, wonderful people come through. Each and every single way you ought to call in, I, I really appreciate it. I can't tell you how much I need this, and I appreciate you coming through to remind me of why we keep doing this. Um, it's incredibly important. Um, I, I hate that it it has to be on such a sad occasion, but I'm so glad to see that so many people have bond together. Um, some of you who are near a television, I'm sure you've seen some of the events that are happening in Texas. When you get an opportunity to whatever God you believe in or pray in, I believe in the God of balance. Um, I'm praying that, that you know, I don't want anybody to get killed and hurt. I, I want people to, to live in some form of harmony. That's all I care about. Um, if you want to be a bigot, that's fine. You can call me and nigga all you want in your own house. But don't come out here, put on a badge, and shoot at us. That's what I'm looking for. So with all the events that some of you might have caught in Texas that's going on right now, you know, let's just pray for a healthy and productive resolve, and let's not make it worse. But next up on the call, we got um, one of our longtime faithful listeners who comes through. Uh, smashing the mic, and also, if I'm not the that we've had on the show, how are we doing this evening, young lady? What's going on with you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very good. I'm doing very good. Please uh, let the crowd know who we're dealing with this evening. Um, this is Adrian Charleston. Call in to say hello. Why you say? Why you say it like a question? What? 
another country, well, that country, European countries. <laughs> and um, and a lot of people, like, you hear all these things, like, even in Korea, European countries, a lot of countries, you know how that you hear, oh, Americans shouldn't go there. They're killing Americans. They're attacking Americans. But most people see America as the white man. They don't see America yep. as us. They don't see America nope. as, you know, you know, different types of Americans. There's a bunch of different types, right. but they don't see it because because we don't fit that mold of what America is, even though we are Americans, but people aren't attacking yeah. us because, except for Americans. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to go back to that. I'm trying to touch on a little bit of everything that I've heard, like, tonight and last night, so I'm, I know I'm all over the place. Um, no, that's and fine. I do want to tell, you know. okay, I know, I'm sorry. And I do want to tell a quick story. I was out in Charlotte with one of my girlfriends, she had a guy friend with her, and they were driving me to my car. Um, he missed the parking lot, and I was like, I'm over here, and I was like, I'll just walk. So he was like, no, 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 I'm going to walk with you. So we walk, start walking over. Police car is sitting out there, and they're blocking the exit. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, how do I get out? He's like, I'm going to go over here and ask. I said, no, 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 no. I grabbed him. No. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to ask anything. <laughs> He was like, what? I said, you are a black man at 2 o'clock in the morning about to approach about a police to walk car. Up on a cop. I said, yeah, I said, we're not doing this. And he was like, "What?" I, I said, no. I said, I'm going to do it. And what I did, I kindly walked to the front of the car, you know, waved, you know, let him roll his window down and approached. And I was like, how do I get out? And then he showed, you know, pointed and everything. I was like, okay, thank you. And when I came back, oh boy was like, Thank you, because I wasn't even thinking of it that way. Even though, you Nor know, we've had to. But that's the way we live. It, that's right. Exactly, and it's sad that I have, you know, I have to, because you know, I have, I have a son, and my nephew mm-hmm. is like my son, and I, I, you know, try to make sure that we're okay. And it's, you know, one of those things that we just have to be mindful of. And my brother's my brother was a police officer in the nineties. Um, but like you um, I think it was Mojave that was saying his friends are police officers in their community and that's how my brother was. He was a police officer in the community. But at the same time he was off work, he was the main one bumping at the police coming through the neighborhood loud and you know, 'cause he knew and also the people in our neighborhood and people that knew him knew that he was a good cop. They got to the point where they wouldn't run from him. They they see him, they say that, one, he, he was going to be fair and listen to what they had to say, and two, he could catch them. So those were, that was twofold. So they just quit running from what they told me. But um, so, like, and I don't know how much of that we have because, like you said, a lot of, well, I think Mojave was saying, a lot of people are being deterred, not, not actually, they just don't want to be cops because of, what they feel that it stands for. And I come from followers and corrections. My brother's a police officer, um, all three of us military. So we've come from a, you know, background of protecting and serving in all different ways, shapes, and manners. So it's just Mm -hmm. disheartening to see all that is going on and that people aren't able to speak out on it and say what they feel and mean because, you know, police officers speak out. They could possibly lose their jobs, be harassed, all this other stuff that's going to, you know, that could happen to them for speaking out. And, I mean, it's just sad that they're not able to do more. And I'm not sure if that's the reason why they're not, 
that's the only reason I can fathom because I'm assuming the, you know, the police force is like the military. There's certain things you can't say and do while you're active duty. Certain things you can't say and do. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that, so that is what, legit, what you just said. Yeah, and, there, and I know like, people it, want... I, I can't imagine yeah. that it's any different from the military. You know? Right, and I know that people want the officers to speak out, but I don't... Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know their code or what they can say and what they can't say unless they're anonymous. And then, you know, the way things are made up today, nobody's really anonymous. Even if you call in, you're not... You know what I'm saying? It's, it's difficult, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, so that that's my um my say on everything. And um if anybody wants to post up in the page there any black owned businesses that they know of and I'll pass it along. Um, like I say, we're gonna talk on um Sunday, I think. Three of us gonna get together and talk. And I I do have um a group that I'm in, Blacktopia that I always tell you about. And Blacktopia dot org, mm-hmm. they started a business page, you know, black owned business page. There's not many black-owned businesses on there, so I did talk to him, and that's the page we're going to try to fix up, organize by either item, state, city, something, depending on how many, you know, hits we get to put into the database. So you can just go there, look up something that you you want in your area, and know that there's a black-owned business for it and be able to patronize our own things because I think that's very important. So. Well, yet again, well another solution, everything. another very smart solution. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Another very smart solution, indeed. I appreciate that. Um, tell us where we can find you. What kind of product you got going on? Um, where can you find me? Everywhere and nowhere, all at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook, so, so Instagram. I know. Um, everything is under Adrian Charleston, spelled just like the city. I'm not hard to find. I'm actually Googleable. Um, I have a website, www. Yeah, I'm there. com, and that's my website. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm around. <laughs> well, I sincerely appreciate you constantly being another one of those bright, shining stars that comes in shares her wisdom with us. Um, we appreciate your professionalism every time. Um, it's always a pleasure. Um, I thank you again. Well, thank you for having thank me, and thank you for um, doing this this special show and all that you are doing, all that's going on. just want you, you know, to know that we appreciate you. We appreciate your platform at all times. So keep it up. Thank you. All. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that's Miss Adrian Charleston goes by Butterfly. Make sure you reach out to her and get that book. Um got plenty of uh, great information in it, um uh, and very personal pieces. So check that out. Thank you, love. I appreciate you. All right, thank you. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We we came together as poets, as speakers, as writers, as activists, uh all in our own right and everybody did exactly what we wanted. We we came together for the extreme purpose of saying, hey, we want solutions, here they are. I thank all of y'all for coming through to do that. Um, I really appreciate the fact that everyone took the time to, uh, you know, we, we stuck to the code. We stuck to what we said we wanted to do. Uh, if you ever get a chance, check out Jane Elliott. Um, this is the, uh, an older lady who put together a series of experiments in order to show what black people go through and what they're feeling. Um, if you ever get a chance, uh, look it up and listen to her. She will show you 
interesting insight as to how white people actually for, uh, portray us and how they see us and what they actually think. Um, it's a very interesting experiment. Um, you can look her up at Jane Elliott, the blue-eyed experiment, um, and you can see for yourself what it's actually like. Um, really appreciate everybody that came through the mic this evening. Uh, it's 